This is going to be another episode of the Best Damn League Show, period. Obviously, just me and Dom again. You might have had to go back. Be a content creator, not appear on this show anymore. Well, he did a good job. He did a pretty good job. Here's the only thing I've realised, though, Dom. He is actually also, I think, personally, just like Grabs. I think he's really good at playing defence for his players. But I have noticed part of his secret is he's really good at just, like, never letting the sentence end, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. every time you think, like, right, I'll jump in now, he just says some more stuff. And because it's always, like, so, like, well-phrased and elegant, you just start, like, it's like, where do I get in here? Like, he's making a whole, like, long point about, like, you know, psychology in the way like you trust and it's like oh he's he is good at it man he is good he's legit he's good yeah it's, it's crazy because i like i i do a lot of live views with him so i spend a decent amount of time with yamato and that guy is completely unhinged on live views man he is just he's talking about how he's like yeah you guys were my kids you guys were in my nutsack when i was like and we're like so okay. we're like what the fuck like, okay. that's like the darkest oh that must just be the player side of him that comes out from back in the day right you must have I just mean, battened that down when he's a coach He's like, yeah, I, I wore a tracksuit on the broadcast to show off my schmeat. <laughs> it's like, man, like, all right. Okay, Yamato. Like, <laughs> right. All right. Fucking hell. All right. Right. Here's the thing. For this episode, I actually think it's a perfect time, by the way, to have a two-man episode. Because even though everyone else is like, yeah, look, everyone's loving the whiplash of these crazy BO1 results. Like, by the way, there's the first thing we could say at the outset. This is why, Dom, I'm cool with the compromise that we have some BO1s. Like, let's be real. Teams like Heretics would, for real, and Fnatic probably never will win a series if they have to play a best of three. But yeah, they can get a BO1 yeah. win. So it's fun in that aspect. Well, and they, get a, they get a check. Well, yeah, exactly. That's true. One of them might have to win there. You are right on that one. But, which, which by the way, if you don't we know, as a quick aside, is why I do hate people who can never win finals. But you know when they do it, like that time KT played Rocks in the final. It's like, well, that doesn't count. What he has to win? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that one has always be whack i will say yeah. but the problem is right i actually think first of all having only three weeks of these bo1s i'd just like to express again how grateful i am that that's all we have because i can't handle this Tom. i i keep forgetting every time we leave this first phase which they've stupidly called the season dom this portion of the tournament with the bo1s is called the spring season can you see the floor there when riot calls their entire circuit a fucking season so anyway put that to one side we should just call it like best of one or round robin or something right so in this portion of the tournament the reason why i'm so glad it already last three weeks it's because if you remember dude it used to be like this every week for like nine weeks in lec like every week people would be like well you know my opinions from last week they're upside down now everyone who said that was wrong and you know, it's like bloody hell every week after a bo one so i'm glad that's out of the way but i think there are so many topics we could dive into here and i feel like too many people are still trying to make like the whiplash results like they're just riding these hype trains too hard like you can't tell me domos let's just start out with the big one I don't want to hear a single slander against Vitality outside of draft this week, Dom. I'm telling you straight up. Like, I don't even... I, I know there must be people, either upset haters or fanatic fans or maybe, like, super hardcore G2 fans. But if you're not in those three groups, why would you hate on Vitality after this week? Like, you in a different boat than me, Dom. Because when I look at it, like, first of all, they did absolutely beat one of the best teams in the league in SK. And they even beat them with the bottling, dude, which is the whole strength of SK. That's a good thing. Secondly, they lost to G2. We'll get into that. It's an amazing game. It was so, and by the way, one of the most like constantly back and forth games you'll ever see, where like even the individual outplays and kills could all go the other way. Oh, it was mental. Like, it was a really good match. And also, losing to G2 is hardly a diss if you're Vitality. And then the last one, right? They lost to Astralis. Bro, 
G2 wants to Astralis. Like, Astralis is probably one of the best upset teams in the whole league. Like, I don't know why people are hating on Vitality. After this. I mean, were they supposed to just win every game and never... Was Upset really supposed to never die or something? What are we hating on here? Like, look, it's the second week with some mild teething... Very mild ones, man. Like, essentially, if someone else is using this, like, the stock market, Dom, and they're like, right, I'm out of Vitality. I'm doubling my bags. I'm buying back in. What are you talking about? I think this team yeah. just looks like they get over... And I'll throw this in there. I think 90%, like I alluded to, of the problems just came from trying to be too cute and 700 IQ the draft when you're on week two of your team having this lineup. Like, I don't know why they did off that shit. Where are you at on Vitality? Am I too high uh, I on mean, it for you? For, for me, I don't really care that much about the losses, but for a different reason. I mean, I think Bo looked like shit, but I mean, it's... He like, did. I mean, we'll get to he's that. Looked, he's looked good in, in most of the games. I think the, the, the bigger thing for me is after watching this format once, I, I don't really care once a team has four wins how they yes. play. Because Agreed. we saw last year or last split, I mean, yep. where they had they were seven and two, they were all the way at the top, and then they got into the best of threes, they were dog shit, and they just got eliminated quickly. It really doesn't matter where you place in this like this yes. uh season portion i fucking hate the name of it but yeah i know it, it, <laughs> the season doesn't matter but but the split met like fuck this shit. Anyway, exactly anyways yeah. anyways in the season portion of it it doesn't it doesn't actually matter that much because like uh, if you're good in the best of threes you're just gonna be fine you saw koi last last uh season they yep. were four and five and it didn't actually matter when they were four and five like when they got things together they were still the best team in their group and they they ended up like getting to the top three so for me, uh, this the season is more about like who's actually going to get eliminated. It's like about the panic for yes. teams like Mad Lions, like yep. Fnatic XL. That whole war is the interesting part for me. All the top teams, like I don't give like two fucks about them. I don't. I don't think that just because BDS is tied with Vitality and G two, somehow BDS is going to be a better team than Vitality and G two um, in the next stage. I, I still see the flaws with the team. So I think the first time I watched it, I cared a lot more about the best of ones because. Placement used to matter a lot more, but as, as long as you're top eight, if you get to four wins, that's going to be the break. But it's almost impossible to get to four wins and not make it to the next stage. So yes. they, they should be completely fine. All these teams that that already are up here, they, they probably all should qualify. Yes. Here's what I would say, Dom. This actually reminds me of the argument I always give people as to why I don't like normally what group stages are like where people do round robin and BO1s. Because I always say this, Dom, if you actually look at the way tournaments are designed, because every tournament tries to reward winning games in the group stage by giving you like favorable seeds, better bracket right. position, upper bracket position, as opposed to lower bracket. Because they do that, right? What you're actually implying is the opposite of what the format should be, which is that the part with the least sample size and the worst teams determines the whole rest of the like root of the rest of the tournament the reason why I've always hated that is what you're trying to say is you actually think the round robin and BO1s accurately ranks how good these teams are which is obviously not what it does like I actually think you nailed it Dom I've always said this the first phase of tournaments like this is just about eliminating some teams so we can go to a different phase so if it's just about elimination it's like you said the real race in this group part in the in this season round robin section as you say it's just the elimination it's a relegation yep. battle, sort of. Like, who doesn't make it to the groups, essentially? And so, actually, the funny thing is, by the way, that's an, it's going to be one of the best ones of those ever because we've got all these teams. Remember, technically, almost every team could go out still, but it's yep. obviously mainly that group at the bottom that we all know are pretty bad, and you can see by the eye test they all suck, but it's about who plays who, and then, and let's be real, if you look at the last week, it's about things like who beats Heretics and Astralis, or does Astralis get wins over everyone? You know what I mean? Like, there's so many variations. So, I agree, that actually makes it more interesting. And, by the way, the reason that suggests the format is weird 
way better because it actually gives you a reason to care about these teams at the bottom now. Remember before, cutoff for playoffs was too high. It was six. So that meant in the old format, like there would be no excitement around Fnatic and Heretics. They wouldn't make it. They'd have had to have the perfect run at the end of the this portion, right? So you wouldn't care about that. And more importantly, you couldn't get relegated anyway in LEC anymore. So no one really cared. Once you became the last team, if you were like what XL was last split, no one gives a shit if there'd been five more weeks after that. Like it's over. You're like one and seven. It's done. Like who gives a shit? So it's actually given a new reason to care about these bottom teams. And then the cool thing is, it's like fucking one of those like reality shows. We just like say goodbye to them when they're voted off the island. Like, right, so yeah, you two didn't make it. Bye. And then we don't have to think about you again and we go to the next section, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, also, when you go into the next stage, like, you could end up with a group that's absolutely hellish, even if you get first yep. seed. Like, let's say G2... Especially with all these ties here, man. How can yeah. you control your own fit? Even you can't, exactly. really, right? So, yes. like, one of the teams that, that's at the bottom here is Mad Lions, right? Yep. Who would you rather have in a group? Fnatic or Mad Lions? Like, if you actually got into it right now. Exactly. Easily Fnatic. Of yeah. course. Exactly. And then in the next phase, in the next, like, section, you have Koi and Astralis, which are the two teams that are tied 5th, 6th. Yep where you'd obviously rather play against Astralis than Koi. Yes. And then if Vitality or G2, if any of them ends up fourth, you could have a, a group of G2, Vitality, Koi, Mad Lions. That could be a legitimate group that you get based on the seedings right now. So that's why I don't really care about where you where you position because it's kind of like RNG as to like how other teams perform, yes. you know, whether or not that your your position will actually be favorable if your first seed is going to be favorable or not. Sure, you get to pick your opponent, but if you're picking between two good opponents, you'd rather just pick between two bad opponents on the other side of things. Yeah, I'll also throw in as well. The reason I, I don't particularly complain about the way this setup of this year's done isn't just because it's a better than last year. It's also because one of the points you're sort of talking around on the groups to playoffs part, the next two phases, I also think is the case, which is this. It feels, Dom, like the worst case scenario would be that somehow the top two teams, like eye test-wise, end up in the same group. Uh, uh, top three, rather, right? Obviously, well, that would be it yeah. because then only two could get out, right? But here's the point if you think about it, guys. Because the player first of all groups is best of threes so if they lose two best of threes you're already going to sort of feel like yeah they probably wouldn't have won the best of five against one of these two teams anyway and then secondly because you think well even if they'd have been in the playoffs like they'd have probably come third or fourth it doesn't actually matter that much it matters to that team the difference between third and fifth is a big deal to a team but to us like we haven't the champion isn't going to go missing like that's the thing I yeah. also think like you're saying it's, it's not really there's not, that's only going to happen every now and then and even then it's not that big a deal I think it just it just means one team gets like a slightly worse place again. It's only one team. Whereas you think of the old formats, mate. So like some of those ones, even though people like the hype of, you know, that fucking Schalke super run, that was, I actually thought that dude was fucking cancer when like eight teams could have not made playoffs or like made it like, oh, because people always forget on that one, dude. Everyone loves to laugh at Origin because they came last, if you remember. The worst one was G2 and Fnatic. Both could have not made it on that last week. People forget that, dude. G2 won the split and went to fucking Worlds and Fnatic obviously was like a top two. That was the year, in fact, that Fnatic had that run with Reckless and Hillersang at Worlds. Like, dude, neither mm. of those runs even happen if like two BO1s or something go the other way between a bunch of like really close teams. I hate formats like that. That is horrible. Yeah. That is garbage in it because let's be real we all know that if g2 and fnatic hadn't have made it and you just put two other teams could have been origin and like i can't remember who else was around there maybe a misfits or something i'd have to go and look at the table whoever it was who didn't maybe it was vitality actually that was probably when they were bad whoever had made it there's no chance they make it to the final of any of those results so it would have actually ruined the whole split like two bo1s could have ruined the whole fucking yeah. split so this format is way better but anyway let's yeah. get that out of the way back to the well, vitality angle one one point i would on. i would want to want to make here which all i right. think is 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 the unfortunate part for me at least is sure you don't you might get like an accurate perception of like where a team would rank the the th in this scenario where you have 
the top three teams in the same group. I think the issue is if one of the teams that has points because it's championship points to go to MSI, right? Like that's going to be okay. a huge decider. Okay. If you end up in a situation where G2 wins the split again, where they're still probably the favorites, right? And then Mad Lions gets an easy group on the other side of things. They like make top four. Uh, right. I see what you mean. They're a top yes. four team. And then they just auto qualify based off points. So Vitality gets second. Yes. And they, they don't get to go because Mad Lions, who no one actually is confident in, gets an easy group and they like squeak into fourth by beating Astralis, BDS, these yeah. types of teams. I think that that's the, the nightmare scenario if you're um if you're in, in That's EU fair game. enough. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's more on the opposite side of it, the bit more counterintuitive side. But you're right, yeah, if you figure it yeah. out, that can happen. That's the other side of the three teams getting the one group. Yeah, true. Right, let's <laughs> get back into it then. Let's go back to the Vitality side. Because that's the thing, Dom. I understand part of why, like, not only did they lose some BO1, so anytime you lose, everyone in LEC acts like the world's ending. But more importantly, like, because you smurfed all the first week, yeah, look, there's plenty of problems we get into, so we'll get into them now. Like, I actually do think you nailed it already earlier. Like, you know, I've made all those excuses in the past for a bunch of the Bo games. This was just mm -hmm. a legitimately bad game, mate. Bo just had a bad game this week where he did just hit a bunch of times and do a bunch of stupid moves. Like, that's, yep. just, that's just straight up. Like, I'll just give it up. He had a bad game. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he just he he just played bad. But for me, that's like, that's fine. Like, it can happen eventually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not even about, like, it's, it's not like they, to me, he was making bad plays himself. It wasn't like some flaw of his game like he was just exposed by the enemy like no, no. or something like that it just felt like he was playing bad um himself and i think that in a lot of these games you can see the strengths of vitality even though things are going wrong so for me for, for me i actually don't feel any worse about yes. um the team because i still think that that yeah bo can play at a better level than that he can at least be serviceable i mean he was he was downright bad i don't think that he's a worse player than 113 I don't think that he's going to consistently lose jungle every single game to such a hard degree. Even if he becomes like bad, I mean, that was next level bad, right? And you can see that they, that Vitality does have a, a massive laning advantage that they used to not have in the, in, oh, like in, in, in bot lane. Like not only are they more stable than they were before, but then also like Photon is just, he's just shitting on everyone. Like he still yeah. looks way better than, than um, the other top laners. I mean, he completely smacked BB. I mean, it, it wasn't even it wasn't even really really close. Sure, BB got back into things in team fights, but I feel like that is, is a huge angle for Vitality. So you can kind of see what their advantages are as a team. Um, and yeah, I just think that their their biggest weakness is no longer exploitable. Even when things go bad, even when Kaiser completely griefs, you can tell that upsets like still in the game. Whereas when when Kaiser would grief Neon. Neon was just useless for the rest of the game. Like, it's just like, all right, well, now we just fucking have a black hole of resources bot lane. We're going to not be able to do anything in team fights. The, the goal is never going to matter. Even when there is a team fight that could be winnable by like 80 carry difference or just through mechanics, Neon was not going to get it done. You can see that upset is like still able to make use of it and make the enemy team sweat for things. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really feel that bad about either of the the teams that people are going to be really like panicked about. G two obviously had, they had a bad game versus BDS, and just over the f first six games, they've looked a lot different. They're playing slower. They no longer have that like bot stomping identity without Draven, which they got in two out of the uh, two out of the three games in in the first week. Or no, was it two out of three games in the first week? Maybe, maybe they got it. Whatever, two out of the four games they won, they were on Draven. That's all that matters. I think that that these teams are just trying to like once you get to four wins, you know you you moved on. You're trying to just expand your champion pools. You're trying to play things that you're not super comfortable on because all these teams subconsciously know that the placement doesn't really matter that much. We've already qualified for the next stage.
Yes. Also, I wanted to say that as well. Like, you know, I keep saying that if you track his career so far in NEC, Forton hasn't have a, had a bad game. It's sort of still true. Because even in the G2 game where, like, he didn't make use of what was actually, like, a nice lead on Camille. That if, like, I was saying this to Monty Dom. If that's the LPL, I'm sorry, they just win the game off that, mate. Like, he would use that lead hard and you would just fucking side lane. Like, you would just be so strong. But they sort of threw that lead away that they had in the game that obviously they ended up losing, right? That's only, like... That's not even like he entered. He just didn't use his lead. Like, if that's your bad game, this guy really is just cracked out of control. Like, let's be real. After what I've seen, all of last split and then this one, he's going to be the best top player again, dude. Like, he just is. Like, that's even why when they face G2 in a best of five, it's going to be very interesting because, quite frankly, they have the edge in top player now. Like, I, I'm gonna, I, that's a really interesting matchup for a real best of five. And this was a great fucking preview, by the way, if we end up seeing this in the final or something. What a banger match. Like, I sent so many back and forth players. It was actually just, funny enough, it, it was wasn't even, I didn't even think beyond draft. It wasn't even like some tactical war. It was just fucking people trying to mechanically outplay each other and do like fancy moves. It was sick. I liked yeah. it. Yeah, and I think the thing about Photon is that he could play the, the whole roster of champions. Like you pretty much have to ban his Jax. I mean, he just looks different on Jax than any yep. other top laner in the LEC. If you compare Photon Jax to Broken Blade Jax, it's a completely different ball game. You got to see them play the same matchup and one time, you know, the Jax is shitting on the NAR. Then you go into the next game and BB's getting shit on by an NAR. So you have to ban his Jax, probably. Um, he's he's really good at Camille. He can play Jace. He can play Darius. He can play Gwen if you play it. Even his Gwen was cracked in the game they lost, mate. He was yeah. doing fucking mad damage, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, if they gave him the ability to, like, 1v9 yes. a last fight, they just literally died before yep. he had the chance to, to actually carry the fight. But he, I, have no, I have confidence on him playing weak side tops. We saw him play Gragas in previous split, and he was completely fine on that. Like, yes. he can play the whole roster of top lane champions. He can play Cassante as well. So you're not worried about him in, in any meta. You just feel like you're going to get an advantage yeah. no matter what. All you have to do is give him a counter pick. Give him a pick later on in the draft. Because the key thing about this is, I've said this about Ball, but dude, I'm even more hyped in this regard because we just never had this in the West, in my opinion. This is actually one of the only times a Western team had a top laner who, as you say, can play the weak side if you need to, but dude, he can play carries as well. Like, I actually want to see this guy at MSI. He's going to be so fucking fun to watch because think about it. Historically, Western teams just, the best case scenario for a Western team normally is you take the guy who gracefully loses. You take Impact or fucking Oduan there. You take, yep. like, I know people are going to go, what about Blippo? That was like one tournament ever, guys. And that was because he had like a fucking pocket pick Victor that he'd just been playing and so looking for years. Like, that's such an extreme set of circumstances. Aside from that, it is just the weak side. Like, you know this because you watch LPL. If you watch LPL and LCK, top lane's like a different fucking game they're playing, mate. Like, it's not even vaguely at the West. So the idea there's a guy who actually might be able to go head-to-head. -head. Look, not with the absolute best. He will still get murked by, like, fucking probably Zeus and, like, maybe 369, that sort of person. But if he gets, like, for example, if, like, EDG go, dude, there's a chance. Like, this is a player who could be better in the lane. This is actually this is actually another really exciting sort of I'm projecting ahead if they go to MSI. But if they do, this is a player who could make a difference for the West, I'm telling you. I hope so. Because uh, I feel like the worst look is that if Vitality ends up going and Photon shows up and he's just been dicking LEC with all his carry picks, <laughs> then he plays carry picks into people like Ale and 369 and he's just getting absolutely dicked. Like that, sure. that is when I am pretty pretty concerned for the region because I do think top lane is really weak in in the West. Like I I I, I don't know when you watch the games, you don't feel like top laners are 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 good. You know, no. you, you have the weak side top laners, which essentially just means that they suck at carries because yep. you see the weak side top laners try to play carries and it always looks bad. Like we saw. Yes. What, what did we say? We saw Odo Omni Jax versus Darius versus Adam Darius. He was getting completely shit on. It's like if you're not making the Jax versus Darius work 
like versus, versus Adam, what happens when you play against a, a, a player that's much better and he plays a champion that's better than Darius, where there's actually like no counterplay and you actually have to lose gracefully on a carry pick and then win through like splitting and not win through frontlining for your team. So I'm still not sold that he'll just be able to to match. I just want to see if he does, because if he does, yeah, then then things are, are winnable. If not, it's going to be a rough year again for the West. If he doesn't somehow do well, we should tell him in advance, like, here's the banter that you say is like trash talk slash an excuse. You just go like, but I don't understand. I've played dozens of games against Evie's Kesante, and I was able to you know, just do some, because yeah. the joke is like, that's his practice. Yeah, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, what do you want? Uh, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was smurfing. What the hell? Like, I mean, even even the like weak side top laners look different. Like, so I'm a huge OMG fan. Everyone knows that I'm a huge OMG fan. OMG's top laner Shanji. I think that like the things that he would do on Cassante makes you realize how fucking bad Evie really is. You you look you're like, oh my god, wait, that's what the champion is capable of. Yeah. Post nerf, how broken was the Cassante that Evie was playing, where he was just like getting a couple kills here and there and then like existing in a team fight. How fucking broken was that version of Cassante when you see a Cassante played right now? So man, like I, I'm still scared for top lane. I think there's like a couple top laners that, that maybe um, he could do well into. So when you look at like the LPL, right? Another top laner that might end up making it would be uh, Zika from LNG. That's the obvious one. Yeah. LNG is doing pretty well right now. I mean, they're top three. They're, they're definitely they're top three teams. They're dark horse to win. Yeah. Yeah, they're a dark horse. I mean, also, they might just have, like, bracket position, which is That's obviously true. really yep. fucking OP. Like, if you're insta-double elimination, yep. I mean, you're essentially guaranteed top four, so it's not that hard to get top two. I could see maybe somebody like that uh, being contestable. Maybe somebody like... I'm not a Dorian fan. I don't really like Dorian that much. Um, Kana, I also think, are not... Kana like, could he, definitely get it, potentially, yeah, if you've seen his yeah, career. Yeah, maybe. But I, th I, I'm still, I'm still shitting my pants. I'm just trying to imagine a world where you have like Broken Blade playing his jacks against Zeus playing like Jace or some shit. Well, and is the thing you nailed, ugly. you nailed it, mate. I know what you mean. There's still some slight concerns, but I'd put all your worries into your boy Broken Blade's basket because I'm worried <laughs> yeah. about him, mate. Like, I just, it's just going to turn around eventually, BB. Listen, I actually think, by the way, I yeah. like his personality. I think he's a good player, but. Those have been some bad. Those have been some bad international runs, boys. They didn't look good. They did not yeah, look good. Yeah, it's been it's been bad for. <laughs> and then I think BB's just laning a lot worse than he used to. He used to be really good in lane, like for for EU standards at least. That was yeah, one of yeah. his huge strengths. And now it feels like he's kind of the opposite, where he's good outside of lane. Like he he's good at interacting with his team. Yes. Like he understands what he needs to do in team fights. But I just feel like his laning, it's just you're. You're going into every single game for a G2 and being like, I hope BB doesn't get too far behind this game because there's some games where he just he's so far behind that it feels almost unwinnable. Yes. This is the best damn league show, period. And if you enjoy smoking cannabis products, we want you to enjoy the best damn smoking experience, period. Spitting hot fire is all well and good on talk shows, but rather than put up with the annoyance of hot, irritating smoke burning your lungs when you smoke your pipe, bong or bubbler, level up your enjoyment with Freeze Pipe. The food-safe glycerin chamber goes into the freezer for a mere hour, after which it can cool your smoke by over 300 degrees for a superior experience that's more of a quality-of-life upgrade than bringing in leader to replace Dior in the mid lane. What's more, you can get a discount on your order by using the code LFN for 10% off at thefreezepipe.com. Now that's cooler than Upset, Europe's best ADC, being on one of Europe's elite teams again. 
thefreezepipe.com, code LFN for 10% off. Right, let's do it. Let's flip to the other side, because obviously a team we have to discuss is Mad Lions, right? Because somehow Mad Lions have fucked up so much, they really are legitimately in position to not make it. Now, if you look at the strength of schedule of who plays who, they probably will make it. Like, spoiler, luckily, it probably will still be the teams that you think suck that won't make it through. They actually, if you look, like the week sort of paid out. I mean, we made the point last week, even though Fnatic did win some games... Like, that was the minimum you had to do just to stay in competition at this point in time. So, like, I think Mad Lions is still going to make it through. But quite frankly, Dom, with the form they've had these first two weeks, they could be the, one of the worst teams in the group stage. They look really fucking bad, mate. Yeah, they throw every single advantage that they have in games. So, I don't know. I, I don't know what, what's, what's wrong with Mad, really. It just feels like the all the players are kind of coin flip players when you think about them Karzy, hilly even niski to some degree and it feels like they're all just like flipping tails at the fucking wrong time over and over again so it, it's strange because you'd think that mad lions would actually get benefit from the meta shift i mean if you think about what was happening yeah. in winter you had what what was the most played you had yumi played all the time like or a band you had ash support you know you had lulu played all the time it was lulu nami. fucking zary nami like these were the the yep. The laners that were being played and right now we're in a hillisong meta i mean it's rakan first pick meta yep that that used to be something that was specific to europe where hilly was so good at rakan that they would start first picking rakan and then everyone would adapt and then people would just be like fuck i guess rakan's just op he would he would be the one that would start the whole mindset of the region and it just feels way different now watching uh hilly play also he's trying to play renata which is good into what other teams are playing conceptually but it just doesn't feel like it's hillisong style i'd much rather see him just play engage versus engage and then just be the better engager even though that's not maybe conceptually correct but yeah i mean this is they, they had some bad losses i mean you can't lose to xl and heretics in the same week like their their week was astralis xl heretics and they ended up one and two that is and that, by pretty, the way, pretty inexcusable. of all of them, I also thought that XL win was like, that's not even that good a win for XL guys. Like that was yeah. one way if you're Mad Lions, it's like they had like, essentially if people didn't watch the game, they just had no protocols around when to like take fights around Dragon and stuff. Like that, none of those engages make any sense, mate. Or why or why they thought they could be engaged into and hold it. Oh, it didn't, make, it didn't make any sense. Like they essentially made Vethio look like he's good on Jack James. He isn't. He isn't. Like, aside from that one snipe with the super long what did he do? Nothing. He was yeah. just getting easy kills. I mean, by the way, here's also why it's criminal that, like, Mad Lions didn't win that game. Bro, that scene early on when all of XL just stands in front like noobs just hitting the <laughs> dragon with four people. Well, they're against an, op an Oriult that is up. And they just get Oriult because, I mean, you have to be a moron not to just put the ball on him at that point in time. Like, dude... XL won that game. Like, what if you're Mad Lions? How much more do you need? Do you need them to actually come down to your base? Like some old fucking samurai shit. And they just put the sword down and go like, please behead me, your honor. Like, they, they, they actually have to beat them in the game. And if you're XL, like, bloody hell, that's your win. We'll get to you in a second, but I'm not on the XL train at all. So, yeah, I think Mad Lions looks terrible. And the other problem is, like, it's like you say, if anything, people probably overhyped them last split because I think, yeah, they got some coin flips that just went heads a bunch of times. But the problem is, like... When they go, when they when the coin goes on the wrong side, some of them look bad. Like Kazi just looks like he's back to doing fucking stupid Kazi shit mm. sometimes. And I'm with you. Like Niski, it's definitely not playing at the level he was last split. His levels dropped down a lot more, and he, and the problem now is he still does the int, but he doesn't do the big carry out play before you know. So and it's rough. The only thing that'll save them, in my opinion, is there's so many bad teams or teams that are in danger at this point. Of this split, so they're still going to make through. I think. Yeah, uh, it it just depends on how bad other teams do because. 
I mean, I wouldn't put it past Fnatic and Heretics to both go 0-3. I don't see why they both could not go 0-3. I mean, it might just be an, enough to win one game and, yeah, and make it I up. I think so. Might, like, these games are, are, are pretty easy for them. I mean, they play Fnatic. To me, they just like, have to beat I, Fnatic, basically. If they do that, they go certainly through. Come on. Yeah, that, it should it should be fine for them. Also, their game versus XL that they played, I feel like that was the most XL draft they could ever get because they could <laughs> they literally had the tank top for Odoamne. Yes. They have the Maokai for Xerxes. Yep. So, Mal so Xerxes exactly. is able to just, he doesn't yep. have any pressure to like make plays, which is what Xerxes sucks at pretty much right now. And then they have the Soraka versus, versus Lulu. Of course, you'd love to play Soraka into Hillisong Lulu. Hillisong is going to play Lulu like an engaged support. Like it, it, you'll get the most value out of out, out of Soraka that you'll ever get. So I thought that their their draft into um, XL. I mean, I think XL just completely outdrafted them, especially considering what XL is good. I don't even know if it's what XL is good at, what XL is capable of, yes, of like what they're the able to do. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's a bad it's a bad loss. Also, one thing I'll say about about that game is that was probably the first game that Patrick actually looked decent the whole year up until this point. This is the first time where you actually looked at it and you're like, oh shit, Patrick's like, he's... Uh, they had a pretty he, nice he, sick out player when they came to like the mid lane or whatever. He had, yeah, had some he good had moves, a yeah. nice kill on El Yoya. Also, yeah. back to the Mad Lions thing, I think El, El Yoya is really struggling and when El Yoya struggles, this team has no shot. Like he's the yeah. guy that's supposed to be consistent, that's supposed to be always good. If he's not having He's the real games, best player on that team, let's be real. Yeah, he, he's he's the person that's supposed to be special, and he's having some some really awful games. Uh, I mean, he pretty much solo through the 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 last game of the week versus versus Heretics. Like it was, I don't know what he was doing in this game. So, I mean, if if he turns it around and just plays okay, I, I would be yeah, I'd be pretty confident in them just making it on. By the way, let's just do the XL topic and see if we brought it up already. Like, the problem is, like I say. That should be, on paper, one of the best wins this XL team's had. Like, I should be so buoyed up by that. And believing now when they bring in Abedag, it's going to be awesome. Like, I'm not really... Like, that was kind of a lackluster fucking game, quite frankly. Well, like, like I said, XL didn't position well themselves. It didn't, like, necessarily seem like they always made, like, the right plays. They did some weird, like, uncoordinated moves. It didn't make a lot of sense. And then you add in, like, and by the way, this is a game where they even uncharacteristically, unlike XL, like, I actually thought that early roam that, like, Limit did that got them that kill in mid lane when they, like, reversed the gang. That, that would never happen normally for XL. That's, like, a massive boon. You get you got whole, basically a few advantages early, and even then it still was, like, a drag-out fucking game. So it's like, I don't know, mate. I, like, I, the problem is everyone's going to get hyped about this Abedage move. Here's the problem I have with that. Why are people acting like this is Abedage coming out of a time machine from when he was in Schalke? Like, Abedage looked pretty... If you didn't watch LCS, that last split he played in 100 Thieves was bad, guys. It was fucking bad. And remember, that was when... L remember, you the mid lane talent in LCS at the time was pretty weak. Like, it was actually when, like, Bjergsen wasn't even playing well, but he was, like, top three mid still, and fucking Takui was the other one. Like, like, that was a bad meta of mid laners, and he still was one of the worst. Like, for me, he's one of the reasons 100 Thieves couldn't win another title, mate. Like, I get why people want to change him for Vethio, because Vethio's have massive problems. It doesn't look like he's good anyway. But I, the, uh, if people are super hyped that it's going to make XL go up, I don't think it is, mate. Like, I think if they make it to groups, and I think they might achieve, they're also a team that has a chance not to make it. If they make it to groups, I think they're going to be one of the worst teams too. Yeah, definitely they're going to be one of the worst teams. You saw all the bad parts of XL in that 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 final game that they played. My God, that one was, was, was tough terrible. They, they just did nothing and, and lost. They actually did nothing and lost. The joke is that... I had a bet, which was that they would they would win. I gave them a six and a half kill handicap, right? So, oh, so, hell. okay, yeah. 
I gave him a six and a half kill handicap. They didn't get one kill and they actually hit. And the bet actually hit, even though they didn't get one That's kill. So stupid. <laughs> because because they actually do nothing to that degree where they don't even they just let their nexus die before they've even had like the whole team die once <laughs> like it was actually just so so insane that that game actually played out the way it did and that's exactly what you see from excel this is a team that are so passive and just the way they play the game is it's not even good at least when you had those old boring teams like you had origin or you had like old splice you had those copy teams you'd at least feel like they had pretty good macro they were just yeah. kind of like pussies about how they yeah. played the game excel just has bad macro like they just do the oh, that's wrong the worst part as well that. it's not even like they can do that bullshit if we're just scaling you wouldn't know what to do if you had scaling mate you'd be fucking you'd be you'd be done you as you've seen they, they can't win a late game either like they've got no strengths anywhere in the game against anyone good yeah, no, it's 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 fucking crazy to just watch the way they played. I mean, th that situation that they gave up a full bot lane turret to Draven, and then they lost the three v two topside and didn't even get Harold. Like, I just I wanted to to just ask Xerxes, like, what are you thinking in this game? What are you thinking in this game when you're giving the enemy team a Draven, right? And then you're just gonna put your bot lane down one k gold. You're just gonna give a full turret to to contest Harold instead of just covering the bot dive. It makes no set like. Everyone knows how, how Draven is to play against. If you give Draven like a cash in, if you give him a big lead, champion is super impressive. But it's like he gave that lead to the Draven by trying to do Herald without even like cashing him in. So there was just a, a huge issue with how they decided to play that game out. And yeah, it just looks completely unwinnable. So Wait, as an aside, can we do a sidebar? Because here's sure. the sidebar I want to do. Think of like last split as well, because they did it all the time then. Dom, we need to have some sort of intervention with these LEC coaches. Dude, especially in BO1s, why are you giving Dravens to the really good ADCs who play Draven? Am I yeah. missing something? It's a BO1! That's probably the ultimate champion that can get a fucking a, a crazy win off. That As you say, if you just fuck... The worst part about Draven, it's like the old Zeri or fucking Yumi, etc. It's like if you just fuck up early, the whole game feels like 10 times harder. Like you just feel like you can never get back in. Yeah, I mean, the, the worst part is... It. I mean, the, the worst part is this. They've, I would give up so many more power picks instead of that against the... Like, if you're against Hans Armour, execute... These are the guys you don't give the Draven to. Why would you do it if you're a bad team? Like, why would you give them the Draven, mate? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, all the games are kind of blending together at, at some point. But but here here's the thing to remember. XL has done it twice. They're the team that's done it twice. So out of, like, the three really egregious Draven uh, giveaways... Oh, it was Harry, four as well, right. Yeah, they were the ones that gave it to Hans Armour. And... I've heard from a, from a little birdie that the reason that they did it is because they thought, oh, we can just pick it. They won't first pick it. Oh, my God. Right. But yeah, Hans might, might just not pick Draven because last time, like, because they played it earlier so that week. It. And, and Hans didn't first pick it in that game. They I think they okay. got it on like two, three or something. So they're like, oh, we can actually get it here instead. And then they just first pick it. They're like, oh, well, shit, we're actually fucked. And then Classic they did blunder. it again this week. Classic draft blunder. <laughs> I mean, they just have this this idea that they can just get through it. I mean, the, the way that Draven is getting through, it's it's so strange. So you you have that from XL where they're like, oh, I don't know if Hans will first pick it. I don't like maybe he just doesn't want to win this game. So like he'll he'll want to play against it. It's just like the way you always, dude. It's the way you always do it on Twitter. Because on Twitter, everyone sounds like more petty and pissy and shitty. But that's like our strength in some ways. So we lean into it, right? I just like the way yeah. you did that tweet where it's like. I can't remember when you did it. It might be at the beginning yeah. of the week. It's that tweet you did where it's like, let's just give Hansama like Draven one more time just to check if he's actually good on it or not. Yeah. Bro, we've been watching it for years, Smurf. Like the yeah, joke is they so, must they so must just only be looking 
breaking up the Team Liquid vods because otherwise it's inexplicable. Like, hey, look, if you watched him in Team Liquid, you would think he didn't know how to play the champion. Yeah, well, he wasn't even watched, getting Draven bands. If you watch him in any other team he ever played in, including last split, he is, he is so broken on that one champion. It's nuts, mate. It's ridiculous. Like, I've never seen someone who was a specialist on a champion just get it given this many times. It's nuts. It's so yeah, nuts. Mean, it's even deeper than that, right? Because it's not just that Hans is a Draven specialist. It's that that's G2's whole identity. It was like smashing bot, smashing bot, playing through bot, diving yes. bot, leave Broken Blade on a fucking island. Like, yep. ho hopefully he does well. He probably won't, but like, he'll be good in team fights. It doesn't matter. Their whole identity is like, they are a Draven team. Even when they play other champions, they're just trying to pick other things that can do the shit that Draven can do. They're picking Kalista, they're picking Samira. Just why would we ever be giving G2 Draven? And then they do, do the same thing to SK. They do the same thing to SK. They lose the same way. They're not even good at playing into Draven. They don't even have a game plan against Draven. Their game plan against Draven is like, okay, but if we don't cash him, let's just give him all the gold that he would yep. have got from the cash in. <laughs> but we just won't cash him. And we'll never fight him. So he'll never actually get the cash in. And then we win somehow. It's like, dude, guys, it's still an 80 carry. Like giving it free gold is probably not, yes. not the right move. So. Man, I, I just I, like Excel, the way that they they play games, they come off like a really good draft for them. And I thought, nice, let's run back this same type of style. If Maokai is now coming back into the meta as a Moonstone Redemption champ, that sounds perfect for Xerxes. He was always the Ivern player, uh, yep. Ivern player, right? This is just a different tree. It's the same type of shit. You're playing the same fucking game, right? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just a different version of Ivern. I would love to see him lean into that, play these champions that are useful oh. and have utility so that he doesn't actually have to gank. He doesn't need to get, get leads and make the game like more slow paced, more of their style. They made the game the worst for them possible by giving over Draven. They're the worst team to actually play into this because they're the team that will roll over and die. So man, like watching XL play, it's so frustrating because they'll have one good draft and you'll think, oh, this team actually is pretty good. Okay, they they have like a new coach. Like he seems pretty smart from like, I've, I've seen him, him speak about the game multiple times. He seems pretty smart. Okay, maybe he's helping them out with, 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 with some things. And then the next game, they'll just have like the most idiotic draft of all time. And you're like, yeah, maybe it's just fucking doomed for this team. And I don't even know if that's a coach problem. Could be just the players. You know, a lot of players have egos. Oh, I can play into Draven. Like, I mean, I fucking, I played with Piglet. I know about giving Draven, playing like Vayne into it and shit. I know how that shit works. But at this point, I just don't see why they're not just one, two, three banning it. I mean, they're going to be playing against other people that have the ability to pick Draven yep. in this next week. I want to see a band. <laughs> I want to see a band versus the people that actually actually play it. So, yeah, I mean, I guess the last thing to talk about is probably the the video topic because yes. he's uh yeah, he's not on the team anymore. By the way, along those lines, I'll tell you something. This is one of the areas where, you know, all the people who say that constant refrain, Dom, where they say, like, the problem with you, Dom, and LS is you are just so negative about LCS teams, right? Here's the obvious two questions I have. One, why are you watching and complaining? I'll tell you why, because their content's straight fire and none of the people who suck the dick of everyone in LCS do great content that you want to watch instead. So you basically complain about something you obviously like. And two... Is it accurate or not? Notice they never say that part, Tom. They don't say, <laughs> you come, you say it in here shit and you're wrong. No, no, their point is you're supposed to just lie to them. Because here's the problem. I'm going to make this point specifically with like, a, I'm going to tie it back into Vethio now. Because I also watch, like I don't watch like you every game. I obviously don't like watch the fucking shit teams. I just watch the big teams, either my favorite teams, JDG, Wayport, etc. Or I watch the big marquee matchups in the LCB, LPL and LCK. And dude, the whiplash of watching like Knights Syndra and then coming to LEC and watching Vethio, <laughs> who remember what in the last year... 
was one of the best players in the whole LEC on Syndra, a champion he plays. Dude, it's like <laughs> literally like the little kid's pool versus like an Olympic swimmer. It's mental. The difference is insane. If you don't know, by the way, if you don't watch LPL guys, Knight's Syndra, you don't even notice it has no mobility. He plays it like a fucking assassin. It's like how a rookie used to play Oriana back in the day where his is like 10 times more cracked than anyone. And then he couldn't tell LEC. Vethio's supposed to be this mega talent. Dude, his is just pedestrian. Like we, like you said, that was the game they did nothing, by the way. That was the game where everyone did nothing. Like the, the whiplash is too crazy. How could I not comment on it? I'd be a moron if I didn't. Like, how can I reset <laughs> the filters and go, this is fine. Like, it isn't fine. It ain't fine at all. <laughs> yeah, it's... I, I think the one thing that, that, that triggers me is like the the ways that people try to make you a hypocrite because they'll they'll be like, oh... Like, why are you criticizing this draft? They play those same champions in like the Asian leagues, but it's about when you pick the champ. Obviously, if the enemy team has a, a comp that's susceptible to engage, picking full engage is fine. But there's yes. like times where like 100 Thieves will just be blinding full engage. Like they'll just be going down a checklist of like, it's it, this is what Ellis said on uh, on Facecheck and I agree with him completely. It's like they're just going off a tier list. It's like they're yes. going off a tier list and they're like S tier champions. Okay, yep. can we get as many S tier champions as possible? Okay, that's our team comp. That's how they, they end up drafting. And a lot of times other teams should just beat it. I see the same like problem uh, a lot of the times in, uh, in in LEC. I mean, I think that LEC, you definitely have teams that are better at playing different team comp identities, but some of like the worst teams like XL, you can tell that like, even if they draft a perfect team comp into the enemy team, if it's not their identity, if they have like an engaged comp versus a team that is susceptible to engage like a poke comp, I just don't believe that they'll oh, they be able to pull, pull the off. trigger and no. actually like win the game. So... Yeah, it's uh it's it's been it's been a, a quite quite a wild ride so far. You know what's wild, Dom, is to just draw in an old school topic if people remember. And I'll even do the old put I'll give the olive branch of peace for a moment. Because I always credit this. You know the weird thing about double lift is cause double lift, like let's be real, especially on talk shows or in interviews, he just answers very quickly, right? Because he's got that sort of like AD, ADD, mm -hmm. like can't keep his focus. So what he does is he just answers off the top of his head. Now the downside of that is he's not a super smart guy. So oftentimes he says things he maybe even doesn't mean or not that interesting. But every now and then it means, and this is the key by the way, if you're just someone who speaks without filtering yourself, every now and then you will also say something that's very lucid and poignant, maybe without even meaning it. And I remember, I always give him credit that way back, we're talking for real. This I did this in interview at season three worlds dom where his team hadn't made it clg and they'd had all those problems and i did an interview with him right and here's what's funny he himself in that interview admitted something i've always given credit for which is he was one of the first people in the west i saw accurately make the read because this is season three remember people at the time because korea was the absolute best everyone was just trying to copy korean style picks comps mm -hmm. and what he said was seeing elite Europe do way better than everyone thought where like Fnatic was in semis and even the gambit with fucking Voidal was in quarters he said what that actually showed me was that at that point in time in League of Legends it was more like play to your style rather than whatever the best theoretical style was dude I think to this day that still should be the identity for LEC specifically because what you yep. just said I agree with completely you can even give them the comp that the Asian team would do something specific with but if it is against the sort of character and tendencies of your team in the LEC, they won't yep. be able to do it anyway. Like, if mm -hmm. anything, Misfits coach, coach Carter, wasn't a genius. He just figured out this is the only thing my team can do well, and he made them do it, and it made them win a bunch of games. Same thing with a bunch of teams. They've banned, we called it Bandits. It's actually just the only drafts that make sense for your identity at this point in mm -hmm. the meta, you know? And that's one of the biggest strengths that I think G2 has. One of the reasons why yeah. I think that they can actually take games off Asian teams is because they have an identity that is different than what Asian teams play. And if you go through drafts, I mean, people that watch LCK 
know how much Kadrol and LS were always balding it. They're like, first awesome. pick Vi, yeah. Lucian Nami, Zeri Lulu, Sejuani or Wukong. That was like every fucking draft at LCK. That is one of the things that's exploitable because you know yep. what's coming. You know what they're going to fucking draft. So you can give them champions that, that are going to be guaranteed pick and counter them. And one of the things that I liked about G2 last split is that they were doing things that other teams weren't doing. They had a lot, they had a huge identity where it was a ton of flex picks, early aggression, things that can move around the map really well. So they were they were heavily investing in like Kled. They were playing it mid top. They would have uh, like Jarvan that they would flex between four different positions. Uh, Yike would be playing uh, champions like Lilia um, that would be really good into a lot of the like bruiser meta junglers. So things like Wukong, the teams were playing a lot of not great into Lilia, right? So you had a, a good identity. And I think one of the things that, that G2 has been doing differently this split, which might be them just trying to branch out their styles. is It doesn't feel like they're playing that those types of drafts anymore where they're really trying to like punish people and shit on them early. They're playing things like Vitalia now where Vitalia is fine. It's a really good combo if enemy team has like dashes and things like that. But the timers of Vitalia are way different. Like Vitalia, you pretty much want to be like making a play with Violet. Vi doesn't, and then like, okay, you kill the guy, whatever. Then Vi doesn't have ult. You go back, you stabilize the game, you wait for the next Violet, you force another objective on the Violet. And I just feel like that doesn't really suit what G2's biggest strengths are, which is the fact that they know how to snowball a game. And they, they are willing to like fight and fight and fight and hit timers that other people aren't ready for. If you look at, Top LCK teams, even teams like, for example, I watched K KT versus Sandbox uh, today. Outside of T1 in the LCK, most of the teams are relatively slow, slower than 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 what G2 would play. And yeah, I feel yeah. like that could be a major advantage for for yes. G2 is the fact that they're willing to just dive bot over and over yes. again. And if other teams aren't used to perfectly covering them or they don't exactly know how the lane matchups go, they're like, what the fuck is that? Like, what? This is a Graga support with a Kalista. Like, I mean, do what? What levels do we win at? How, when can they crash the wave? When is the dive coming? What camps are the, are the jungler going to do? Does G2 split the map early? I feel like there was all these things that, that made G2 special. And I, I hope that they're not losing that with some of the, the new drafts that they're going with in spring. No, I'm with you. I actually do think that if you're a Western fan, the best case scenario, if you want to see an awesome BO1 at like MSI, is that you get G2 against a bunch of these Asian teams. They can do it. If they just get the early lead with the right lane leads, they can accelerate the game. They've, that's one of the best teams ever, probably the West accelerating, right? Like the amount yeah. of times I've seen them like use a good lead and just continuously push it through and win. Actually, like top LPL teams are famous for doing so. Yeah, I'm with you. Like that is a, a rare edge stylistically. You normally never get that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you think historically, compared to last year, dude, I like Rogue, but they have a very one-dimensional playing style, and it's not at all like that. It's more like withstand, like, and kill the team, and then hope you win close team fight. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have I would, to... I would say it's low the problem with the, the Rogue angle is, one, you have a way less chance because you're just against better players in the lanes, and then, two, it's like I always say, you walk in a tightrope. It either looks awesome, and you walk, you win all those team fights narrowly, or you don't... In this style, the best way to win in League of Legends always was just get ahead early. It's just the problem in the past was... We didn't have the players for it. Like, you'd always have some bomb in the top lane from Europe or some, like, average ADC from Europe. You know what I mean? Like, you never had the, you never had the raw strength to get ahead most of the times, especially against, yeah. like, LPL, etc. Like, it was never going to happen usually unless they ended the whole fucking game. Yeah, this is, one of the, this is one of the, the times where you actually, where you feel more hope than you did in, like, the last, yes. in the previous two years because the players, like, one-to-one -one match up way better and then the style matches up really well until a lot of the teams you can see going. Obviously, I think T1 is, like, the massive favorite right yeah, now. Yeah. And then you have, like, teams like JDG that I think are also pretty hard for G2, but, like, the second seed from LPL, the second yep. seed from, from LCK, those teams are, are pretty slow. Assuming that it's, yep. like, EDG or LNG. EDG or, and LNG, they might as well just be Korean teams with the yep. way that they play. They're, They're LCK way, teams, yes. 
Yeah, they might as well just be yes. LCK teams, right? Same way, like, I mean, T1 is, is um, plays more like an LPL team than any LC, LCK Absolutely. team that we've seen, like, almost ever, right? But some of these other teams, Genji, KT, if you get into a dragon fight, if you're trying to play Vitalia, like, I know G2, they're pretty good. If they could play Vitalia and, and probably beat the shit out of an NA team, I just don't think you want to, like, get into these, like, standoff dragon fights versus Genji, KT, EDG, LNG. Like, that's what I'm scared of. I feel like they need to really just commit on their style. Um, which is high, a high risk, right? It's, it's higher ceiling, lower floor, but yes. that's the way that you're actually going to be able to, to get something done. You're not going to beat these other teams straight up. Yes. Especially because like to round the point off the problem with the Koi type teams is that's also exactly what all those top LCK teams are used to. They're used to the gentleman's agreement, which is I do the correct play A and you do the correct response to it. If you play like that, like they're just trained to beat you, mate. Like that's what they'd be beating all year long. As you say, what you want to do is you want to be like the LPL was back in the day to get the upset. So you have to raise the variance of the game, which as you say, drops the floor. It means you can have a terrible game where you look like shit, but you've got to go for it to win the game yeah, yeah i agree you, yeah, can't, the you variance, can't play peak league of legends <laughs> and, and the variance is not only in gameplay the variance is also in draft because yes. the things that g2 ends up doing they put themselves in really complicated spots because if you think about how lck drafts right a lot of their their drafts up until this point i mean they're changing it up now because the meta is, is less um less decided on but if you think about most of the split, right, where you're getting Zeri, Lulu, Lucianami, it's very easy to draft because you already have your bot lane, you have your jungler, and then you're just picking like a, a solid blind top lane like Cassante or something, and then you're picking a counter pick mid, which is good for the game. Like, you know at least what position you're picking for. The thing about G2 is when they're doing their, their crazy drafts, they're, they have 40 seconds, but their decision is not just what champion do we pick in this role? It's where do we put the champions that we already have? Like we have a, we might have a Jarvan, we might have a Gragas. The Gragas can go in in minimum three lanes. The Jarvan can go in four lanes. They're they're willing to flex Kled into two. BB's willing to play the Cassio top. I I know he hasn't played it in LEC yet, but he's somebody okay. who's known for playing like Cassio top in in solo queue and stuff like that. He's actually pretty good at it. So there's so your your decision. Obvious joke that I'll just insert is that if BB locks Casio top, EU fans will be um what was it, jet lagged, tilted, jet lagged. <laughs> Remember the old reference set? season five MSI reference <laughs> to Hooney when they did the lock in of the Casio pier or whatever it was. Yeah, Remember that yeah, one? Yeah. yeah. No, the um the MSI <laughs> one. Yeah, MSI yeah, yeah. With T the one with Jat and Loco, the one where he said fanatic crash and burn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the the, the, the fanatic season five <laughs> Tallahassee MSI. Why yes. the fuck do they have MSI in Tallahassee? Still so bad. Place. It at all. It's, still it's, so so, bad. it's so fucking stupid. If you know anything about America, that is like the least hype city you could ever. That's like a college town, essentially. Yeah. It's just, it's like FSU, whatever. I'm, I'm from Florida, so I just, oh, good. That, it just triggers me to that point. But that, but the point that I'm trying to get get at is you could completely botch a draft if yes. you're trying to decide between like, oh, like two people want the same champion. You're like, oh, we could put it support, we could put it mid, and then you end up like picking the wrong thing, and you're like, wait, hold on, we kind of got a comp that we're comfortable on, but like identity wise into the enemy comp you know we just don't have, have a good answer to, to what they have and this is something that 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 occurs when you're having to do more than just pick a good champion in one role for one game where you're just like oh they have a lot of like engage so i can just pick this mid laner that's good into a lot of engage they have a lot of dashes we can just pick talia which is what other teams are doing that's why a lot of other teams asian teams draft the way they do is because they don't they want to have a good comp every time and they're just going to rely on being able to outplay you because they're good players rather than trying to get advantages through drafts. So, I mean, the, the whole thing about G2, not only is there variance in gameplay that we talked about, I think there's also a ton of variance in draft. There might even be more variance in your drafting 
than in your gameplay because of like, the fucking crazy decisions you have to make. It's 40 seconds, man. You don't have that much time to put a champion in four different roles, then think about what champion is best here, and then think about all the different, like, let's say you're looking for a, a counter pick to the enemy team cop. You're looking not just in a mid lane pool where it's like, oh, what's good to engage? Okay, like, we got Vagar, Lissandra, like, uh, we could we could draft Talia. Like, you don't, you're not doing that, right? You're, you're, you're doing it across multiple different roles. You might be talking about 15 different champions in a 40-second time span. By the way, one thing I want to ask you, just as a, to throw it out there, is this. The weirdest thing about how Vettio has been benched is the way he did those two tweets. He did one that was like, I'm yeah. really depressed right now. and Kind of a bit like what he did in winter when they were doing badly. That makes it seem like, because the the, the news was technically still a rumor at the time, I mean, this might be when it just came out. Obviously, everyone was like, oh, well, that's why he's been benched then. He's depressed. But then he came out and did that follow-up tweet that's like, but by the way, like this isn't my idea to be benched, which is like already won. The reason that's really really weird if you've had was this look even though I wouldn't claim to know his mind state, just because I've seen the way he's done tweets in the past when he lost, he tends to already have quite a sort of like maudlin tone, like that sort of like, oh, everything's going bad. And so that is already the way he is. And I've added it in the, in the past. People who are French tend to be a little bit whiny like that anyway. But the reason I found it really weird that he would say that thing that it wasn't his choice is because one, bro, read the room. In light of the whole Danny thing, which was only, remember, like a few weeks ago at this point in time, that story came out. Bro, you can't, you can't be seeing publicly you're depressed and then thinking, the team can keep playing you like that's off the table now boys like we've we've gone through the looking glass like the Danny scenario should have set the precedent for that already you gotta you got to uh, essentially honor the red flags that get raised but even worse than that right because he said that angle though what it made me think is this because he said like it wasn't his decision not to play and XL tried in their statement to make it sound like he's just temporarily stepping out he'll definitely be coming back here's my question to you do you think he comes back in this XL team the one that apparently has made him depressed or do you think he goes to another team because even though a lot of people will obviously just go super harsh and be like he's garbage get him out of LHC like first of all spoiler he would be good in heretics tomorrow with fucking Yankos like there's definitely teams should take a try on him again so what do you think happens to Vethi or what do you think should happen to him oh I'd love to see him on on another team I feel like this team's vibe is just not good for him like I mean just think about the the personalities that you have on that team think about Odo Xerxes Patrick and limit like you got a bunch of straight shooters on yes. that team and it's like it seems like Vedio is somebody who probably needs some level of coddling. Um, so I think that, that it's just a bad look for him. Also, um, he's somebody who uh, he's too much XL for XL. You know, like he's the guy like he wants to be somebody who's farming. But you can't have everyone just farming and yeah. like just trying to scale into being a carry. You need some catalyst to actually like get the guy ahead. So yeah, the Heretics one, I think, works perfectly. I mean, to be honest, Ruby, I, he had one good RE game, obviously, and it's the most recent one, so people are going to remember that. He's yeah. been bad for the majority of the time. He's not a good player, no. He's not a good player. Their, their imports are trash. I mean, we had Peter Dunn on the show. I said it to his face. Their imports are trash. It, they they should definitely go for a player like that who obviously could be there for a while, and then also Yankos is the perfect guy to enable you to actually be able to, to, to get ahead. Yes. He'll be the guy that will instill confidence, like, hey, we can we can fight this. Like, just follow me. Like, this is how we're gonna do it. He's just very confident in what he wants to do in the game. Also, personality-wise, I feel like Yankos is is the perfect guy to to bring somebody like Video like out yes. of his shell, so to speak. So I definitely think it's good. One thing that I thought was really funny, um, which goes back to the the rumors in the offseason, is when Video announced he, or when XL announced that uh Video was stepping down, Niski added Bad Lions because the whole trade that was about to go in the offseason was that. 
Vedia was was talking to Mad Lions oh, and right, XL, yes, yes. and he tried and he decided to go to XL. And if oh, he had right. decided to go okay. to Mad Lions, then yeah. Niski would have went to BDS. So there was like a whole like thing oh, there. Right, so after say. like Vedia got kicked, Niski got a okay. shot in at his own org. He's like, "Hey, he's free." Like he's like, "Hey, man, like, like he's free. You wanted him." Like the only you don't problem with that is this. Look, that is good banter, but at the same time. Niski, it's a testament to how bad Vethio's playing that, like, there is no chance you get replaced by him by doing that banter. Like, if he was playing better, like, <laughs> I don't know, Niski, you're playing pretty bad right now yourself, mate. Like, it's yeah. good pants, but this ain't really the time to remind people <laughs> other players are available for midland. Like, I'm just saying. Uh, I'd maybe do that after you win MVP or something, you know, like. Yeah, no, I mean, I just thought... I it's thought a good it fight. It's fun. savage. It's pretty savage, though. I'll give him that. It's pretty funny. Because yeah. the other reason... I mean, the joke is, by the way, that's maybe the move that should have happened then, Dom. Because here's the other reason why I would like him to be... Look, on her exes, is they're bad. But another reason is that Peter Don. The other thing is, if he was on Mad Lions, think of like what you just said there as well. This isn't just a talent issue. Remember, one of the things I told you I brought in years ago, it's just I have a hard time remembering it because I go initially from player strength, then I go like stylistic aspects. And the third one is I call it personality balance. Well, when you look at it, now, as you say, XL completely fails personality balance-wise. Not least because, think of the original lineup. Dude, Vethio and Targamas are both the sorts of guys who seem to get bombed out and depressed and are kind of downer characters. And you've put them with a bunch of people, like you said, who are just, like, super ruthless, like, fucking brutal. Like, here's what I think, and, I'm, and whatever, you're, we're all shit. Like, you put them with all the players like that, like, there's no one to buy them up. If they were in a team like Mad Lions, like, if Vethio had gone to Mad Lions, dude, the, the Mad Lions vibe seems, like, G2, it's fun. People enjoy playing together they even sort of laugh when they int and the coach just like Peter Don Max another coach who will baby you if you need to be he'll make sure you're sort of treated right and that you, he'll have those private one-on-ones with the other player to explain how that guy needs to help you get through the game and stuff like that's the difference as well like I think for real when he joined XL I can tell you right now Young Buck I do think is a very good coach but he is also the sort of coach if you know where like if you don't know he's a massive fan of like old school MMA he's the sort of guy where he is sort of like get your shit together you're a pro like fucking play the game like because that's the one thing on the Vethio angle I can't really forgive Dom in a way. I understand he's really young. People forget that, by the way. He hasn't played very long. Like, those few splits in the LEC. Like, that's... He's still mega young, guys. He only, I think he only played one year in the RLs. Like, this is a yeah, guy who's not 17. super experienced. Yeah, and he's young. He's young still. So the problem I have is this, is he does... It is sort of like, like you're saying, it's like, oh, but I'm really good, but I just need all the resources. Oh, yeah, I shouldn't have to ask for them either. You should read my mind, know what resources I need, how to set a draft around me, how to play around me. And, it, and if you do all that, then I'll carry the game. It's like, bro, you know Young Bucks work with, like, fucking caps and fucking perks. And, like, he's worked with some of the... Like, he, people aren't going to tolerate that. And, like, and new duck, need, like... You, no, good players, like people who are self-sufficient, people who turn up and do their job and they don't need you to like pat them on the back and make them feel better. Like that's the what, the other reason, by the way, why I always say to, to tie it to the Danny angle. That's why you're playing a dangerous game when you take rookies and insert them into these teams and put a lot of pressure on them. Like they can just fully break. You can say what you like about people like Jensen. Here's the thing. Look at Jensen now in Dignitas, Dom. He's in one of the worst teams I've ever seen and he's pure ELO health. Like he's actually playing well. Like he doesn't just mentally give up because they're doing bad in the there's a, there's a quality in veterans that is underrated in that sense. It's like they've just been through the fire, mate. They can just they can withstand it, you know. Yeah, and then there's also like the self confidence that comes from just winning. Like Jensen just won, so like he doesn't actually believe he's the problem. No, but you can hear it even from yeah. video, like the way that he tweets. It's like, do I suck? Like he's like the yes. the player like that that in, that loses a bunch of games and he he's instantly just like questioning. Like, maybe I was bad all along. Like maybe I am a fraud, you know. That that that's the the vibe that you get from just the way that he tweets and the way that he he talks. I mean, 
they obviously had a bad winter split and he's like yeah i'm like depressed from it like i was depressed since winter because of like my results presumably so it's it's a yeah it's it's a pretty scary thing but yeah i mean it's hard because when a player has like these types of issues it, it it it's hard to then take a risk on him again because it feels like his value is just way lower than it was before. You know, he came off last year where it's MVP and all this stuff. And now you're, you're in the situation where you're like, is he, should he still be an LEC? And like, even if he is an LEC, should he even be in a good team? Maybe he should only be in a bad team. It's it's like, he's going the the neon trajectory where you don't know where he, he, he can end up, but you yes. just don't feel like he's suited for like the mega pressure. That's why, to me, it's like I'm I'm looking more at lower teams where they can take a gamble, but if they have the right sort of veteran pieces, they can think they can recover him. Because I do think his talent's undeniable. Like, the, the, if any, this is the problem I have with people changing their opinion too fast. Guys, you can't put together three straight splits like he did and just be a bad player. Like, he is clearly a very fucking talented League of Legends player. It's just that he apparently needs, like, the right sort of circumstances, set up, maybe personal. Like, look, that's a lot. But if you're a lower team, you can afford that. Like you, that's what you can put all your eggs in the Vethio basket. It might work because if it does work, you're going to be way better than whatever play you had instead. You know, like like I, I, I mean, the extreme example. Look, I wouldn't put him on this team because this team would be terrible and all those other factors. Like as much as leaders popping off now, like leaders only here to get you some BO one wins. Like I, in the long run, I'd rather gamble on Vethio than leader. You know, no hate to leader. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't put him on that on... team. Like I said, the like Astralis team obviously would be terrible, but whatever. <laughs> I just it I, depends on how good you actually think one one three is because I feel like one one three is terrible, dude. <laughs> I mean, if, if one one three is not good, then I then I think you need somebody like leader who's just like fucking confident, yes. like yo, let's like go fight them right now because yes. he needs to he needs to know when to fight. I feel like he's kind of a uh, he 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 walks around the map and I feel like he just wants to pick a fight and if somebody's there with him, he'll he'll do it. If somebody's not, he's going to pick the fight anyway and like lose you the whole game. So. I'm not sure if, if if that would be a a good match for him because it feels like then that you might end up in XL. I just 2. mean in terms of when you're picking mid laners. If you were like picking like from a draft board to mid laners for next year, you'd pick Vethio way before leader. I'm not and, I, and I before nukes nuclear in. I mean, there's, there's still a whole bunch of players you'd pick yeah. him before. You know what I mean? Especially by the way, if you have the right team, like I say, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think that that BDS would suit him even better than Astralis, though. I think I think that's what what you kind of need, where you have the the confidence, everything's just kind of there, and they just put you in the game, and it's like you just need to play mid lane well. That's all yep. he needs to focus on. Like you don't have to direct the team, you don't have to call for anything. Like you just have to like sit there, focus on your lane, play mid lane well. You know, do do what you're you're fucking known for. Lane well, good base timings, get strong, you know, farm in the side lanes, keep on progressing the game. He's, I mean, he always says he he looks up to Chovy. I mean, he might as well just be like a mini Chovy in that, in that way, you know, with just a thousand times more flaws. But, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Yes, indeed. Right. What about this then? If, since I referenced Jensen on Dignitas, who is one of the best players I've ever seen on a last place ELO held team. Dude, the other guy who can beat him in that regard has got to be fucking Yankos this split. Bro, this is making me sick. If you look at the last split and this split so far, you know what? People can think this is haters. I'm going to say it out loud. I think Yankos is better than people like Yike, man. I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. I don't care that his team loses every game. Mate, what he is doing in some of these losses, there's another reason why veterans, if they're true veterans who've won and been great players, have extra value. Not only is Yankos taking the nameplates off just a really good jungler right now, bro, he never gives up. 
He never gives up. It doesn't matter how shit the draft is, the early game, the game state. He always, he's locked in like this was like world semis and you're trying to fight for your life, you know, like. And he's doing it in games on a team where, let's be real, they're probably not going to make the next phase. And quite frankly, after this, there's no reason to have any hope in heretics at all. Those are some bullshit wins they had in spring, guys. Like, those weren't even replicable. And so you look at this team. He is one of the best players I've ever seen be Elo held, mate. Like, I think for real, no joke. It wasn't for the fact they never win any games. He's sure even almost be like an MVP candidate, mate. It's mental how well he's playing this team. Come on. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's uh, part of the reason I flame Evie so hard is because I like Yankos and I see (laughs) him just getting into perma by this guy. And it looks intentional. The thing thing about Evie is he's such a nice guy. This is we're turning the Yankos uh positive into flame, by the way. But he, he Evie's such a nice guy that when he dies 11 times on Sion, I can't even give him the excuse where it's like, oh, he's just tilted. Like he's like kind of doing it on purpose. You know how you saw some top laners like Ale, for example, Ale did this one game. You could see that he was mega tilted. He just trolled the game and he was benched back when his name was natural and he just never got to play again for his team. Like he just had to end up like coming back uh, under a different ID for a different team later on. I don't even give Evie that credit. I think he's actually trying. I think he's trying and he's just this bad. He's just 0-11 because he doesn't know how to, Frontline, he doesn't know how Scion works. He doesn't know how Scion Q interacts with the enemy team. It's so hard to watch Yankos go through this because Yankos does so much for the team. It, he just gets people ahead, and then they just they just fucking, I mean, they just they just shit on him right right afterwards. It's like, oh yeah, you gave me a lead, okay, I'm gonna throw it immediately. For what? Like, why can't we just let Yankos win when he plays well? Like, what is wrong with you guys? Like, Actually, just the, the so reason why I did the contrast with Yank is because I'm not joking, dude. When I watch Yankos playing Heretics, I start looking at the table and I'm like, bro, there's only basically like one or two teams I wouldn't put him on right now. Like, essentially, I, I, the only people I don't think I would even consider replacing is like El Yoya, fucking Bo, maybe Yike. That's it, though. That's the list. Like, every other fucking team, I'll take Yankos immediately, mate. Even teams that don't make sense, he's just playing so well. I believe he would find a way to adapt to them. You know what I mean? Like, maybe maybe he wouldn't be the best stylistic fit for, like, Koi, for example, because he'd be a bit more, like, inspired. It wouldn't matter. He'd find a way to switch it up, and he'd just make it work for them as well. Like, this guy's too good. He's in the last place team, guys. He's too fucking good, mate. This is so gross. I mean... I I think he's still the best. I don't know. There's no reason for me to to not think he's the best. No, please wait. Here's what I would say. This is an example. I've said this many times, but people never do it. But I genuinely, if you're like an actual expert, if you're a content creator watching this episode and you believe that we're overhyping Yankos, I'm telling you, just bring up a VOD and do a VOD review from Yankos. Look at what Yankos does. Just follow him and tell me all the mistakes he does because you'll have a hard time, mate. I've even had, I even have some pro friends I've messaged, like, what did you think of this move? And the amount of times that they can give me, like, a valid explanation as to, like, why he did something, it's like, fuck, it, it, I'm not joking, guys, it's unbelievable how well he's playing on this dog shit team. Because I mean, this the team other is fucking is... bad. Let's be real, like, it's like I said, Dom, they've got Yankos, and the problem is he can't prop up those lanes. And then they, essentially, all they do is they sit there, and one out of every four games, Jack Spectre has a pop-off. That's it. That's the Rex yep. in a nutshell. That's it. Like, not, there's nothing else to see. I don't even hear on Jack Spectre. He seems all right, but he's not a top player. And that's your one win condition. Like, bloody hell, guys. What? <laughs> it, it's, it's sad to watch because here's the, the other thing that people don't do is people will find mistakes that Yankos makes and then they'll be like, oh, 
Like, see, he did make a mistake, so he deserved to lose. No, it's just that when Yankos makes a mistake, they instantly lose. Whereas yes. other players on top teams, like you saw Bo, Bo had to run it down like eight times in a row for Vitality to lose the game. He had to yes. keep on inting. He didn't get to just make yes. one mistake. He made like five mistakes in a row, six mistakes. Then he's like inting a whole team fight. Like you gotta, you gotta make so many mistakes to lose a game. For, like if you're on G2 or Vitality. Yes. But for, for Yankos, he makes one mistake in a team fight. The whole game is, is lost because he has nothing to fucking work with. It's Here's so the thought sad. exercise, dude. This thought exercise will make my whole point for me, right? Remember, because the Yike guy is himself a fairly inexperienced ERL player, Dom, there's a world where he might have ended up on a team like a Heretics or a BDS or something. Those are the sorts of teams typically the rookies go into. I mean, we even know in the offseason they were trying to get El Yoy into G2, not Yike. So if they'd have ended up in a scenario, Dom, imagine this scenario. Imagine instead of Yankos in Heretics, Yike's in Heretics, playing with Peter Dunn. Guys, he would look way worse in these fucking games. Way worse. In fact, he he would just some of these games. By the way, I even think this would be really fu shit because we've seen him in G two look really good now. He would actually look terrible in Heretics because some of these game states. Like, what do you do? You have to be an insane veteran to even have an idea of a game plan to get out of the bloody hole that like Evie digs you into and Ruby's doing nothing the whole game. By the way, like 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 I say, like. That would actually probably have ruined someone like Yike if they'd come into LAC. It would just make everyone think he's bad. Because remember, jungle is the ultimate role to look bad from when you're really good. If you players on your team int you with shit, the draft's terrible. Like it's probably the most hard capped role in the game by other factors, right? That don't that aren't in your control. Yeah, I would love to see Heretics without without Yangos. I I think they would literally not win a game. I think they would just I actually agree. just be zero nine without yes. without Yankos on the team. And you can replace them with like any like, even junglers like El Yoya. I don't give El Yoya the credit for being in a team like this. The thing about, about other players is like El Goya was, was really good when he came in as a rookie, but it's also just so much easier to be good when you're playing with other great players. Yep. Like you, you play in the best team. People are covering your mistakes all the time. I experienced this myself as a player. Like when I joined Dignitas, I was like, holy shit, maybe I'm just the shit. Like I joined a top team and we're winning all the time. Like I must just be like good enough. And then I got to experience playing on a sixth place team with, with, with when I got, when I got to curse and how hard it was to get a sixth place team to even fourth place. Like it was so much harder to do that than just win with a fucking winning team. When lanes are losing, when there's when there's no vision on the map and you don't know where you can fucking walk and you have to be so smart about everything. Like you have to learn the game in a such in such a detailed way compared to when you have like Hans Summer smurfing on Draven and like Mickey and Hans are just like running like just killing the fucking bot lanes like oh i'll just get i'll go to the bot lane that's dying you dude, know dude what was the you'll know the clip what was that clip you've shown on stream in the past where you were playing in a pro game with someone at support i can't remember who it was <laughs> and i think it is you know the one i'm talking about where you're like right up in your top jungle and he just like pings that he's going in on the bot and it's like you're in your like top jungle and he pings like bot lane that he's like going in as well. You can just yeah. teleport there like well, instantly. And it's well, like, here's the other thing. Because he like, did it like to tell you to come, right? Yeah. This is the thing. This is the thing about playing with, with a bad team. This like it's league, right? When, sounds like a cool game. I was even thinking how tilted you must be when that happened. This this is the thing about 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 league. When you're playing jungle, it's not just like, oh, I'm playing versus the other guy and my lanes aren't doing well. It's that their jungler is now way stronger than me because he's yes. getting free kills on my fucking lanes. Yes. So it's so much harder to play from the point that like that Yankos is playing uh, from when it's just like, yeah, my Tyon just died 11 times. You know, you know how much fucking gold he just gave like 11 times? <laughs> I know. That's 3k gold. Like, yes. He's just dead permanently. How the fuck are you supposed to play that game? It's so hard to actually play from lose, losing positions. You have to outplay so hard in every single instance. Yankos is so incredibly ELO held. It, it's...
I mean, and the thing that's crazy is you look at his stats. Not oh, only he has some of the best stats in the league. It's insane, isn't it? He has some of the best stats in the league when he's on one of the worst teams that in one of the roles that gets and punished. From that role, that should never be possible, right? That it should never be, really be possible. possible. Yes. No, Yankos is just the fucking goat. He's too yes. good. No, if people don't know, I've got the list here, right? He is first in kills per game, first in damage percent in jungle, this is. First in damage per minute, first gold difference at 15 minutes, first first blood participation, first in solo <laughs> kills. Guys, remember I just compared him to Yike and you're all thinking because you're fucking peon plebs who watch the windscreen and say victory and think that every player must be better. You're all the same people who told me Flackhead was better than upset you fucking marks. So you hear those stats I just read out. Why aren't those Yike stats? He's playing in the best team where every other player minus maybe broken blade is the best at their role give me a fucking break like it's not to here's what they still don't get dom i've yet to hate on yike in this segment this is about contrasting him with a reasonable example to show that someone in the best team maybe isn't even playing as well or has an easier it's better to say it you sir it has an easier set of circumstances doesn't have these nightmare quadratic equations to solve on the fly without a fucking piece of paper as it were you know like yeah. <laughs> and it's like the, the thing that people care about is the mechanics of the player like yes. how do they like how do they maneuver their champion and they just like think the other part of it is like oh yeah. well if you have the mechanics the rest of it is easy to learn so then you'll be yes. able to like perform which is that was my way dude that was one thing i have to give myself credit for because i nailed this ages ago i've told this story before but i did this video for real dom in like season five or six or something i made a video called the mechanical jungler uh like paradox or like flaw or fallacy i think it was fallacy, fallacy maybe and the yeah. premise was because i based it off if people know it's funny now because he's the opposite player but back in the day all peanut had was the leasing mechanics he was just a cracked leasing player back when he was in on Najin and all those teams and rocks eventually like but he had didn't have any of the brain and if he if he wasn't basically feeling it on his champion he could just throw the whole game in a big playoff series and so I remember thinking the same thing what everyone was doing was that you're talking about Dom I'll go from the other side though what they do is they see the old broken down jungler like Ick Smithy the brain jungler and they go oh it's like weak side he just does that because he's not mechanically good and then they assume that everyone mechanically good is equally game knowledge and understanding the map and gangs yeah. and wave but that's the problem the joke is it's actually the other way around it's way more likely someone could just have good mechanics then have all the other shits the shit you have to acquire from being in teams and understanding the game and working with coaches and leaders like that's the part that's worth its weight in gold and obviously Yankos has all that mate the good news is this the one good news I think is this surely everyone else in the league has to be seeing this and acknowledging it and seeing it in scrims like surely he's going to get out of this elo hell though you know what I mean surely this is the this has got to be the player someone buys come on I mean, I I hope that that this was just a place that he could go, so he got out of the G two contract. Yeah, because he needed to find somebody who was willing to pay the yeah, buyout. He did. Yeah, he oh, got he just on the bench right now, and everyone forget about him. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully now he can go to a good team. This is yes. this is what I would say. A player like Razork is way closer to a player like Yike in terms of skill than a player like Yike is compared to a player like Yankos. That's what I would say. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, they're both actually just skilled players, yeah. But obviously, they struggle in the but other areas. But a degree. shit team. That's the thing. Is like you can be mechanically skilled and be in a bad team, but then like you you see how Razork is, where you're like, what the fuck is he doing? He's inting. What is he doing? Like, oh my god, why would he go for this? It's because of the circumstance of the game, like the pressure of everyone, like the game feeling like it's doomed, and then trying to suss out like you have 
You have like five different options to choose from. None of them look good. They're all probably losing and you have to try to pick the best one. It's an impossible puzzle to solve. It's like, okay, my bot lane's losing. Mid lane has no TP. This guy's fucking dead in half-life. This objective is up. That objective is just finding the right thing to do in those circumstances when you have no vision and there's no pressure on the map is so hard. Yes. Right, what about this then? I think a team we should talk about now because I don't think we have to talk about them much. Dude, I think Koi is in so much trouble, this split. People aren't acknowledging it. Remember, Koi still did all right at the end because they got to the groups, like you said, and then had some good wins and got through, right? People people are used to the old rogue that we talked to a million times. They always have the letdown game and the split, and they always have the odd game that they lose randomly, but they would always get enough wins and get through, right? Even though Koi beat G2, it doesn't even fucking matter. Because when I yep. watched that game, I thought G2 just played very badly in that game. That was all the, that was easily the worst game I've seen this lineup play. Like, I can't even look at the Koi week and go, oh, I'm building, like, hype for it. I'm not. Like, I actually think this team, It's uh, we've done this storyline before, but it's true. It's still just a worse version of the old Koi. Because now the bottling doesn't even get ahead. Larson isn't leader. He's not the type of flip the coin. I'm going to solo kill everyone. He's just going to get his lane lead. Malrang's doing all the shit he normally does, but just doesn't work at the moment. I'll even give Shigenda some credit. He's played slightly better 1v1 and he's had some solo kills. And he's had a few performance, but he's still not a, vaguely a top fucking player at his position. This team is, it looks so, the worst thing about this team is this, Dom. It's like we said earlier about the G2 angle. This team, the floor is still fairly high, but the fucking ceiling's quite low as well, isn't it? Like, what the, what's the I like about this team at this point? They're just kind yeah. of whack. I mean, the bot lane was was a huge identity of the team. They they had yes. the best champion pool, and they were able to just counter yep. a bunch of things that other teams would be able to to do. Um, and now, when you watch them play, now when you 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 look at at the team, their bot lane is perma losing. They're, they're, they're almost behind. never. Yep. They're just getting killed all the time. They're getting yep. solo killed left and right. It's 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 sad because they used to be the team that was uh, the the bot lane that was solo killing, or they were just always like more useful or they were they were able to just be first on every objective now they're just perma behind and then every time you look at Jagenda and you're like that was a really good game like so, for example the game versus g2 you're like oh that was a, that was a really that good play? game that he, that he played the next game he's playing against oscar and in he's just gonna smash him just as hard it's like he's almost there he gets to the point where he should start like taking over and 1v9ing and then he'll just like not play as well as you could and then everything will fall apart so it's hard to get a read on Jagenda because every time i'm expecting him to make the breakthrough he just he just doesn't end up executing. Like, he doesn't carry the game. So, it, it's weird. Also, like, Malrong is, I mean, Razork dicked him harder than, I mean, that was the most jungle diff we've seen in the entire, like, what the fuck happened in that game? Just look at look at the scoreboard. Fox you can even look at, this, at, at the scoreboard. It's like, okay, so Malrong not only has options to make plays, he's not making the plays, but it's also like he's not farming. He's down, like, 40 CS. I mean, he made Razork look like fucking, uh, like, like prime fucking canyon or some shit it was ridiculous to to see the difference that, that was happening in this game i don't know what 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 has happened tomorrow in this split but it's like he doesn't really do the things that made him good before like there's not really the early ganking and there's still the inefficiency and the bad items and the no farm let's be real the reason i had to set it up that way to be fair is because dude they beat skng2 this week on paper that if that was real dom they would now be considered a contender for the whole league if that was real, they should be one of the best teams in all of LEC. They're not. Like, they're going to be in the next groups. Like, I actually think if you look at their schedule, they've got three wins. They're going to get through. Like, let's be real. Koi will win one or two games. They'll, like we said, Herex and Fnatic can easily zero three, still two. So they'll get to groups. And who knows? Maybe in group play, having more something can be a little bit better. But they just look so toothless. Like, they don't. What's the big win condition when they play against, like, in a proper series of Vitality or a G2? What's the win condition? 
I don't know what it is, bro. There isn't one. I mean, uh, there is good one, draft is there? with scaling, <laughs> maybe. I don't even but know. Even, even then, those are the two t- teams that'll just get in their ass early. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's, I think they're fucked, it's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. They're probably fucked. Especially because the big problem I always thought with Koi was, like I said earlier, they were the team that, like, they have very good... I actually think most of the players are very good. I even think Shigenda, but if you put him on a different team, like, if he was on Astralis, maybe he'd be good, you know, who knows? Like, there's, I think maybe he's even redeemable. The other players, I think, are really good. The well, the Malrang one, like, to be fair, we've always sort of said he was never... Here's the other thing that's fair about us, Dom, that no one gives any credit for. We were saying worse things about fucking Malrang than we said about Yike when Malrang's team was top of fucking LEC. Dude, his team won LEC and we still pointed out that, like, he actually had a, he played really differently in the finals and suddenly every gang worked. Like, we were never fucking hated on just certain people. Like, I thought we were always fair. So beyond being basically mid and AD and support, these are all quality players who could be top players at their role again. You could even argue Lars is still a top player now. He just not, doesn't really have the team around him to do anything. It's not his style, is it? Like It's just got that boring farm-up style. So my problem yep. is, like, that once the identity of this team was cracked, they don't have anything because their team isn't the, like, crazy pop-off, just play off individual skills, use the individual. Like, their team was always about being cohesive to me. So I think they just lost their identity. That's why I can't see them being a good team now. And I think, like, that's why I'm so glad, by the way, I told people this before. This is why you should get down on your hands and knees and kiss the ground that Upset walks upon. Because if Upset hadn't gone to Vitality, holy shit, LEC would look bad right now, Dom. Could you even imagine after this week <laughs> how bad LEC would look? Even G2's yeah. phone games to fucking not lesser teams. And remember, Mad is near the bottom. They were second best last split. Koi was third best, and they're looking to... And SK's even look, bloody hell. LEC would be in so much trouble if we didn't have a good Vitality. Vitality and G2 causes the two MSI spots are sort of making us all feel like it's fine, but yeah. they're fucking keeping the ship from sinking, boys. <laughs> I mean, I, I just view LEC differently than a lot of people. Like, I never look at, like, how good is the league. I just look at how good is the best team. Can the best team yes. potentially compete with any of the, the teams from other regions? And because G2 actually has, like, a compelling style, and I think they're they're actually a, a good team at most things. Like, they, they have a good idea of, of how to draft and how to like play the game, even with different comps. So it's not just like, Oh, we have to like play through bot. And that means we need to play like engage comps. And so they can play through bot in different ways. They can play things like Heimerdinger bot and then play a different style and still play through bot. But like, what does that even mean? Like most people are playing through bot because bot is just like OP. It's, uh, the Drakes are still OP. The Drakes, uh, the Drakes got nerfed today on live. They're still going to be OP by the way, just in case you're wondering, Oh right. shit is like, like, are, is the, the percentages going to change? No, it's like 1% difference. Drakes are still going to be OP. Playing through bot is good. I think the G2 can compete, but I don't think that LEC, like, if you went down the list, I feel like that's where you'd really see how hard, like, LEC would get exploited. Like, even if you think about, like, fifth, sixth teams right now, like, Koi Astralis. Can you imagine Koi Astralis playing against teams like even like Sandbox or Hanwha Life or teams like Weibo. Oh, they get yeah. murked by these teams. Yes. OMG would fucking murk these teams. Like, I mean, this is, it's, it's pretty Absolutely. hard to go down the line, but I don't think that, that, that even, that's even relevant. You know, like just have, have a team that, that wins. Look, if, if LEC had a team that won worlds, no one would give a fuck about like how good the fourth or fifth best team is. Right. It's just, yes. do we have a team that's actually like good? Do we have a team that's actually good? And G2 could be that team. Because here's the problem you have in LEC, 
Right, G2 and Vitality look good. As you said, G2 stylistically, Vitality just has the player strength that looks like they'll be awesome against the international teams. The teams that are supposed to be the gatekeepers of LEC are supposed to be SK by results, Mad Lions because they were second, and Koi. If these are the gatekeepers, they're letting every fucker through the gate, aren't they? Everyone's <laughs> beating them. Like, they're not doing a very yep. good job. Like, you had one job in that analogy. You didn't do it. You didn't guard the gate, did you? Like, so they've invalidated that whole premise. Because even SK has the same problem, dude. SK, uh, the difference between SK, Mad Lions, and Koi is this. In their wins, SK still looks really good. But, bro, when they lose, they can also just drop. The floor on that team is pretty bad, too, mate. They can drop down real quick as well. Yep. For how good they can look in a win, they can also turn around the very next day, also, and just look so bad. Yeah. I mean, they're not a team that you, that you you ever feel confident in calling a a top LEC team. At least for, for for me, I'm not like, oh, they're a top team. I'll be like, oh, they're playing well. Yes. Yeah, they're pretty good right now. It's like, like I respect them, but I don't ever bet on them, Dom. I don't ever bet on them. <laughs> I mean, I bet on them, but that's just because I like. That's just because I'm fucking. I'm, I'm betting anyway, so I might as well just bet on the team that I think is gonna win. I just don't like think they're good. You know, like I just think that that they can win. Because I think there's a team, by the way. The one problem with SKI have is this. Remember, technically, they're tied for first place right now. They're one of the better teams again. They have some very impressive wins. My problem is just this. I think it's the same story as before. I'm sorry. I actually think once we get to the groups, they're also going to not be quite as good. I think they're a much better team than BO1s. And I've got to say it right now. This is going to sound like haterism, but I wanted to get your take on this topic. My biggest problem is this. Even though he absolutely does coin flip and have some big pop-offs and win you games, I think in the long run, how can SK ever be like a true contender? I think Certus just won't make it, mate. That's the problem. Because here's the thing. Yeah. This isn't split one. If this was his first split, wow, what a promising split. Dude, I've seen a bunch of splits now. Like, if this is just who he is, this probably is who he is, let's be real. We've seen enough games now, and he's got some good teammates now. He's a, He is a coin flip player. He has games that he pops off, and he carries on his champions, and he has games where he doesn't, and, he, and sometimes does nothing, or just didn't. It's like, I think the problem is, yeah, I think you need a better mid laner. If you had a better mid laner, I think this team could be really dangerous, bro. Really dangerous. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that he, he, it's weird, right, because... He's not a super insane mechanical mid laner. I guess his best champion is probably Akali. That's what I'm always like. Yep. I feel like he's he's good on that compared to other champions. But I mean, realistically speaking, I don't think that his Akali is going to be something that is feared later on. Plus, I feel like that's something that even if you blind pick it, there's so many champions that you could just play and exist um, against it. So yeah, it's rough. I mean, Irrelevant is good. I've said a lot of like positive things about Irrelevant, but I don't think that he's the player that is going to, you know, suddenly save you. It's like he, he's going to be a, oh. a team that gives you a high floor and a low ceiling, yes. right? Like that's just going to be who he is. So they're, they're definitely better than expected. And and yeah, like I respect them as a team. I think that they've done extremely well considering well, yeah, the budget. They've killed it. Yeah. My problem is yeah. just this. I, I'm actually giving them props by having this discussion because what I'm basically saying is this, Tom. If you actually look, irrelevant Marcoon and Exekick are some of the best players at their positions. So you have to then ask yourself, what are the aspects that cap the team? Why isn't the team like, because as I say, right now is where G2 and Vitality lose games every now and then. Like, this is your chance to be number one, but what's going to hold them back, especially from best of threes? And if they can get a best of fives, they're not beating any of these top teams. But well, that's the problem. It's the mid lane. It's got to be because let's be real. It still is the best position in the game. Yeah, and then their their um, play style, I think, is is generally pretty weird. I mean, obviously they got ahead versus XL. Nice, they got ahead versus XL. They generally do not have great early games. Um, and it's just hard to... You also to... can't rely on that. Like, this is another... T there's another thing, by the way. No matter how well SK play, you wouldn't want to see this team internationally. 
Yeah, it wouldn't no, work. Definitely. It just wouldn't work. No, it wouldn't work. But I mean, look the uh, the fact we're even discussing them as like a potential top yeah. team, where we're saying things like SK internationally, True. like that that says enough. No, we're props not to SK. Here. Yeah. Yeah, we're not sitting here talking about heretics internationally. Yes. <laughs> we're not sitting here talking about fanatic internationally. I don't so. even throw this in there. Obviously, That's we've big. all bigged up Marcoon, but I've said this in the past. The rumor was that SK was very close to getting Yankos. Dude, if they'd have had Yankos themselves, fuck knows. <laughs> Maybe they even would be number one now. Maybe they'd be number two. Who the fuck knows? Like, yeah. they, in general, they just killed the offseason. They just killed... If it was Crepo, then he fucking killed this offseason. He did a great job. Because I would mm -hmm. never, ever have predicted this. Like, I would have said, best case scenario, Dom. They may be, like, the fifth best. You know what I mean? Like, fifth or sixth. I like, seventh. Because remember, I had XL being good. Koi, obviously, I would instantly Fnatic. take my line. No one thought Fnatic was going to be yeah. this bad. No, even Fnatic, you would think would be better. Because there's player strength. Yeah, I'm with you. So they've killed it. They killed it, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Right, what about... Um, we talked a little bit about it before, but here's the angle I want to talk about. It is I want to talk about Astralis, but there's two angles. One's the leader factor, and then there's the team itself. So let's do the leader one, right? This is why I have always pushed for leader to be in the LEC. I made this point to you, Marto Cannon. To me, he's just an obvious player you gamble on if you're a lower down team. And what I think is so gross about the fact he wasn't in LEC is remember how we last saw him. Dude, Everyone loves to memory hole that fanatic run in 2021 summer. Do you know that, Dom? They go, yeah, no, oh, they didn't lose it. They came second. The five. And they never mentioned that they played all those five game best of fives, including against Vitality. Guys, for real, self-made and fucking leader almost put that fanatic team out. And, and look, I don't know that they, I don't think they would have gone to the final. They would have lost to G2 or fucking Rogue, but... They almost did that. Like, Leader was not in any way. He was probably the best part of that team, bro. It was like him, then self-made. Then, yeah, the rest of them were pretty whack. But, like, he was actually good, that split. Like, I thought he justified playing more. I thought it was kind of whack that they said, look, I get why they replaced him with fucking perks. That's obvious. But hmm. this, I thought I thought he actually was hard done by. He, he was always an LEC quality player to me. He, he was an LEC quality player. I think he himself didn't want to accept being on a bad team. I think that that's like right, okay. one of the issues is that like, because from, from what I've heard, Astralis has been trying to get him. Like, oh, you right, the, I see. I, I don't know if you heard the rumors. I think I saw the, the rumors on, on Reddit even where in 2022, they wanted to get him um, on the team and he, and like for oh, some right. reason it didn't work out, but you, you would assume that either like he didn't really want to play for him. Like if he was like, I will play for you no matter what, he probably could have got the spot. Right. So right. they ended up going with Dayor instead of him or, or originally. So le leaders, leaders, better than people think for sure and i think one of the things that that was was big this week is that teams tried to draft super cynically against him they tried to be like you yep. are a melee only player so we're just gonna pick lissandra you can't play shit you suck at every range champion we're just gonna pick lissandra blind because we know you have to pick a melee champion and what did he do he picked the new asol which is not a good laner broken scaling and then he was just really fucking useful throughout the game he just was like ahead ahead of perks and he was able to just have a champion that was perfect for the game because people disrespected his yep. like ability to play things. And it's not only his ability to play it. It's also the confidence to pick it because obviously he knows what he's best at. Everyone knows he's the melee player. There's a whole reason why his name is OMG cream pie. He's a cream fan. He plays, he plays, uh, you know, the melee champions just like cream does. So I think that, that the fact that he's willing to branch out and he picked like one of the games he goes for the Annie, that game was completely winnable. He didn't play it perfectly, but I mean, he was a serviceable Annie. And then the next game okay. he goes ASOL that's giving you a chance to win. Like people are going to, if he keeps on getting these types of picks, people are going to have to let some of the melees through, or he's going to have angles to pick a Yone or pick an Aurelia. He could really pop off on one of these.
I'll even give him credit for playing those champions, Dom, because I'll tell you what, not only was he considered this one-dimensional player who can't play all those champions, but even more so, those aren't even champions that play into his playing style. Like, they're not sexy. They're not mechanical The whole reason everyone knows LS said play Annie in solo queue for years is because it's just brain dead. There's no mechanics. You just press a fucking button and it happens. Like, there's no skills. Like, like, there's nothing to do. Like, it's easy. And also, Aurelian Sol... Listen, Malzahar maybe overtook it at one point. It's probably one of the most disrespected mid lane champions in the history of League of Legends. Like, it's the reason why when he was a mid lane and no one respected who he, no one thought those were legit wins. Or, like, he doesn't even get credit for an MSI final because it's like, you run a Radiant Soul, bro. No one gives a shit. Like, you did nothing. You just sat, you just sat there, like, being a distraction while Stixie shot people with Caitlyn. Like, you don't get that credit. So, what I'll say is this this actually even shows some level of growth from Leader, in my opinion. Because I'll tell you what, I know the players who have that harsh mentality. Like I'm a mechanical genius. I, I've told this story before. People like Forgiven actively wouldn't play champions like Siver because they even said, even if I won, I'd feel like it just it wasn't me who won. It's just a champion. It's just shit. Like, I actually respect the fact that he comes in this team and he isn't just like, right, Dom, Astralis is shit and you're all bad. So I'm just gonna only hard force like a Z pick here. No, he just played something in the meta that just wins. Like fair play. Yep. Yeah, respect. Yeah. And, and that's what you need to do when you're playing on a team like this. You come in, and the first thing you do is you earn the respect with the champions you're really good at, which is what he did, right? Played that Aurelia game versus G2, completely shit on Caps. I mean, Caps obviously disrespected by going Ignite, yeah. but he completely shit <laughs> on him. He fucking 1v9s the game, and now everyone's like banning yes. his Aurelia second phase, right? So they're not giving him Aurelia, uh, Aurelia angles anymore. And there's two directions you can go from there. You can either hard commit into other champions that are kind of like Aurelius. You could you hard committed to other melee champions and you see if that works out or you prove that you can actually play the broken shit. And if you play the broken shit, then maybe they have to ban the broken shit because the broken shit's just broken. And then you can go back to playing some of like your, your, your niche picks into less oppressive champions. So I, I mean, the, the trajectory is really good. The trajectory is, is really good. And he does look like he's um, somebody who's just playing to win. When you watch him play, it doesn't look like he's scared. It looks like he oh, is just exactly. going into the game like he's trying to prove that he's fucking good. And I, I love to see that because sometimes uh, like players get the 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 nod, they're able to play and you just it, it feels like they're like scared of losing the spot. And especially in, in the situation of leader where think about like how many like chances he has. And now he's getting like well, this an, be his an, last strike. Yeah, this has got to be close to his last chance, yes. right? It has to be do or die for him, or at least he must feel like it's do or die for him um, yes. on this Astralis team. And. You know, he, he's looking like a like a good player. He's looking like he belongs in LEC. No, by the way, the G2 game is exactly why I always pushed for Leader to be in LEC. Look, he is obviously, just because of how harsh a style of champion pick and style of play he has, going to be a coin flip player. That's an obvious scenario. But the point is, think how few even coin flip players can actually go head-to-head -head with caps. There's so few, like, the whole point is Caps is the king of those guys, and he's just transcended them. I always thought, like, if you look at, like, the raw mechanics, and it's like you said, it's not just having the ability. He goes for it. Like, Leader actually believes in that game. Of course I can beat Caps here. Yeah, I'm going to go for this angle. It's open. Yeah. Go for that, I love that because I actually do think Caps in the modern day has created that fake aurora where, like, half the other bloody mid laners just don't even go for they're it. Like, oh, what's the point, you know? It's, just, it's Caps. You stop me. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're they so stop worried. thinking about the game. They're all like, what can this champion do? They're like... It's Caps Malphite. It's Caps Malphite with Ignite. Yes. You never know what angles he's going to have. Like, where leaders like, oh, it's just a fucking Malphite with Ignite. It's like that Malphite yes. that I played with in solo queue right before this game that took Ignite and I shit down his throat. Well, like, that's just the matchup. So I'm just going to shit down this guy's throat, too. 
Like, basically, what's weird is, in LEC, it has the opposite effect of what happened to Faker all the years in LCK, which is that in Faker's case, it's the other way around. Everyone's so horny to kill Faker and be like, I killed Faker, that the joke is they do just give up, like, objectives, Nexus, Lane, Tower. They give anything to kill Faker. In LEC, for some reason, it's the other way around. Everyone, like, respects Caps too much, and they just let him do whatever he wants. I don't get it, mate. It's like, at the end of the day, if he's better than you, he's better than you, but you at least go down with a fight. You at least take your best shot for fuck's sake, boys. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, I, I hate, I hate seeing that. Like uh, when, when a player gets that aura and then you see people just play like pussies into them, because I feel like that's just like not deserved. I want to see the people that are willing yeah. to challenge. And I mean, leaders, I mean, he's challenging all the players, right? Like Absolutely. the Aurelia game versus Malphite, right? That's against caps. And then into perks, he's going to ASOL into Lissandra. Oh, I'm a, I'm a melee one trick. Okay. Yeah. Here's like the weakest range champion possible. Like, we're going to pick this shit. It's a good game for it. I'm going to get through the lane versus guy who's considered still a good laner. And I'll be useful later on. Perfect. Like, this is an A-plus from him. Like, also the Andy game. I mean, his team was in a position to win that one. They fucked up some team fights, but they, they, had, they had Hextech Soul. I mean, they they made too many mistakes and they ended up getting outscaled. But overall, I mean, Astralis is probably making it to the next phase. Like, they're, they're, they're doing it. They're doing way better than people expected. And remember, obviously, they didn't have leader last phase. So, dude, I think they're right in prime position to do exactly what they did in the previous groups. They're going to upset someone in a BO3. I'm telling you right now. Like, I can see this happening already, mate. Like, they're going to play against one of these other mid-table teams and they're going to beat them. Like, just leader and copy alone can get this done for you, mate. They're just both it. Like, Kobe, especially, by the way, just continues to just be good, mate. Just good game after game after game. Like, could he not have won that fucking BDS game as well? Of course he could have. Dude, this guy's also just really good. Like, it's not even a joke. People probably think we're bringing up, like, the Crownie and Kobe angle to, like, wreck on Reckless. You can take Reckless out of the equation. Kobe and Crownie are just really good, boys. They're just really top ADCs right now. Respect. Yep. The problem is, though, let's be real. It's still so, so questionable they'll make playoffs, though. Like, I think they're just going to... Look, they're going to get through into the groups. Like I say, in the mm. groups, I reckon they win, like, a BO3 over someone, or they, like, take someone close, go three maps with, like, let's say, like, fucking... Whoever you want, SK or someone, go three maps with them, but they're not going to go to the playoffs, probably. There's still weaknesses yep. in some of the other players, let's be real. And I don't give a flying fuck. Like, I don't... I don't know. Here's the problem. This sounds wild, but from all the games I've seen, I don't actually know, even conceptually, if I could respect Bob on three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you get why I say it that way? Because what I'm trying to think is, what could he do at this point? To like, to, I mean, he can't. There's nothing he can both. do to change my mind. You should on both. He did. Like... He did. It. Like, I'll give him that. It was obviously one of the terrible games we bought, but yeah, true, true. I mean, I still look, that, that's it though. That's all he's got. Astralis, you know. Astralis have the easiest week possible this week. So like, I, I feel like they're, they're almost guaranteed going through. Like, it's just, just a question of who, who gets into their group, because I feel like they could beat potentially a team like Koi. I think they could beat maybe an SK on a good day. Yeah. Uh, BDS. I think that they could beat. That'd be an but even I mean, matchup, you, I think. Yeah. That's like pretty even matchup. I think if you get into a group and you've got somehow G2 and Vitality in your group, you're probably fucked. You're probably fucked. But anyone else, I think they could beat on their best day. This week, though, Heretics XL Fnatic. That is a dream week, is it not? Is that not the it easiest is. week you could have? Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's like, I don't expect them to go 3-0. I mean, if they go 3-0, holy shit, maybe they end up being like a second seed in one of these groups. But all things considered, I, I think that they've 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 done enough. They should at least be able to get one, two, and I mean four wins. You're you're almost guaranteed. 
Because obviously, like I said, technically with the way the league is, with all like the tiebreakers, there are a whole bunch of scenarios where all these different teams could go in and out. But I want to get your take on that. Bear in mind, it's mainly going to go strength and schedule. Who are you picking as the two teams not to make it? Uh, I'm going to go Heretics for sure. I mean, just to clarify, if people don't know, Heretics plays Astralis, Vitality, and SK. So almost certainly Heretics is not making it. Like, I'll just, I, they can't make it at this point. Let's I still think it will be Fnatic and Heretics, to be honest. I don't believe in, yes. in, in Fnatic. I'm maybe leaning towards XL a little bit because I don't know how good they'll be when they, they change. I mean, they could just go 0-3. Yep. Uh, My so problem is this. The reason why I don't think Fnatic can make it is because not only do they play against Mad Lions and G2, and let's be real, like G2 is going to beat them, that's obvious. But the other two, Mad Lions and Astralis, maybe they can beat Mad Lions if they throw. I think Astralis is just going to beat Fnatic, mate. They're just going to straight up beat them. Why wouldn't they? They're even better at the right positions. Yeah, I mean, they could. They could. Maybe maybe Fnatic gets a make it. Fuck, bro. Fnatic make it. I hope they make it because that's content for me. That's Legends in action. That Fnatic's is not you making know, it. Come on. <laughs> Surely not. Especially because, like, like for example, Koi plays against XL. Like, that's probably a win for them. They play yeah. against BDS. That's like a flip a coin on that one. Who knows who wins that one? And then they play against Vitality, who they shouldn't beat, but it's the last game of the split. So Vitality might even be locked in at that point in time. Like, I think Koi's probably making it through as well. Like you can, they're, they're not great, but they've got enough good players and enough of a flaw they could probably still sneak through. Yeah. XL's probably a more questionable one because they have to play against BDS, Astralis, Koi. Who knows? That's why it's really... To me, it's between XL and Fnatic who probably doesn't make it here. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think Fnatic and Heretics will just not make it. I do just think they're the, the worst teams. Obviously, Fnatic just came off their first good game this year, probably. The one versus Koi. That was the first yep. time where you're like, holy shit, like, the team actually is working no together. No one gives a shit like... about the Herex win, guys. No one gives a shit about that. But yeah, the Koi oh, one, I'll give, them, I'll give them. That was a win. That was a win. Okay. I mean, the the the, the Heretics one was literally like, like you, you should just competitively like rule against what Evie did. Like he yes. should be banned for someone. Like I got banned for a year for way less than that shit. Like he entered on stage. So if they don't, if there's not a zero eleven sign, and even the way that some of those team fights went for Fnatic, they're they're winning by so much, and they're still almost throwing the game. It looked like they were kind of trying to lose as well. So yes, th that that game was was bullshit. The Koi win. I Oh, yeah, was a pretty well, good one. I actually have one thing I want to say about this. I will say, I actually do think generally the team still isn't vaguely good on Fnatic. So, like, I won't, like, put it all on Reckless. The rest of the teams have a lot of problems, too. But the, the saddest thing I actually was realizing when I was watching these games this last week was this, Dom. If you ever listen to people, because people don't, by the way, what they do is they do things like this. I've noticed most fans... They just think they get to decide who the player is. They don't look who the player is and sort of let the game inform what his style is and how he plays. <laughs> so whenever people talk about Reckless, the thing I've always hated, it's why I've battled him for so many years, is they don't even vaguely accurately describe his style. Because the reason you know that F Reckless stands can never be helped is if they think he has no issues this split and that's just his team inting, you don't know how good Prime Reckless was then. Here's what it used to feel like to be a player going against Prime Reckless in like season like let's say season he, eight he was season nine soul. he was the way it feels to play into a rally and soul yes. now where you're like at some point we just lose 
That's how it felt to play. And here's the analogy. In the team fight, what you felt like is if you were any of the players trying to get to the back line, you could never quite get there. You felt like you reached out as far as you could, Dominic. You were reaching, you were reaching, and you came this close, but he's just in front of you, and he's doing damage the whole time. He's just kiting you the whole time, doing damage to all your characters. Your tank's just getting melted. You, you got fucking junglers just popped if he jumped there. It felt like the reason why you'd hate him if you're the opposing player is he's like that Ezreal in solo queue that you can never catch. He's always getting out and he's always doing a bit of damage than getting out. Like that used to be where it was like a nightmare in team fights to play. Now, in these same team fights, he's not in them or he's too far back or or he's not doing damage or he runs away or he just knows like, yeah, it's not even a team fight. Just fuck it. Don't even bother. Like all the all the like mystique and reckless has gone this split like it could come back and becomes good again but at the moment it's gone like i don't think anyone fears playing reckless now mate none of these yeah. players do they just know that I you'd mean, get flamed if you flip if you sort of banter him too hard so i think they just don't intentionally banter him but no one seems to be scared of playing this guy often yeah, I, I don't know if teams are scared i, I thought he team fought well in the last game last two games actually i mean i think in the heretics game he had he an was... all right zaya game i thought it was pretty good yeah, yeah. i thought his zaya, zaya game was pretty good it just it's i mean it, like you can't have two games where you look like yourself out of, well, I mean, how many has he played right now? 15? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, and then also it's like in, in one of these games, I mean, his jungler is fucking 7-0 and just completely popping off. So it's like, it's way easier to play in team fights. I just don't see reckless. And that like, was the game where, as you said, Razzle just fucking gapped Balrang, didn't he? Like yeah. completely. Yeah. <laughs> completely gapped Balrang. So exactly. we'll, have to see. we'll have to see how he plays this week. But I mean, he, he at least showed some, some signs of life. The one thing that I saw from watching like their documentaries and stuff is that Razor in or uh, not, not Razor uh, reckless. He seems so much more comfortable in this iteration of the team. Like he's actually yes, part of the true. team because before he was like complete, it was almost like he was completely despondent. Like they would all be like joking. And then he would just be like sitting there like super stoically where now he's like participating, like with the yeah. banter, he's like joking around with Razor. So maybe he's like in a better place emotionally now. And I feel like reckless is somebody who just like plays well when he feels comfortable. Right. So maybe maybe we, we get to see a little bit of this resurgence. I mean, this week is, is big for them. I mean, Fnatic, they have a tough week, but I mean, they could they could get the Astralis win, right? They could get the Astralis win. And if they get the Astralis win, that might be good enough. That could be good enough just getting the Astralis win because Heretics could easily go 0-3 and XL could go 0-3. So we might end up seeing Fnatic yes, in the next right. stage. Yeah, the key thing is that because the, the key thing to remember, guys, is XL, Mad Lions, Heretics all have the same number of wins as Fnatic. Whereas the problem is, Koi and Astralis have an extra win. So, like, it just makes it it's so much less likely that Fnatic gets out past them, you know? So, yeah, yeah. it's not impossible. I still, the problem is, like I said, mate, XL and Fnatic, who is worse? Is some fucking Sophie's Choice shit, mate. It's like, first of all, <laughs> it's not good either way. And secondly, I just don't want to make this choice. Like, it just sucks <laughs> either way. Yeah, I mean, I also, agree with you though. It, as fucked up as this is, bearing in mind Excel is just an absolute damp fucking fart. There's just nothing there. Just for content alone, we should sort of pull for Fnatic to make it. This is something to talk about. Some of the flame. It's got fun fan base. Like I'm with you in that sense. If I have to, if it comes down to the last game, it won't. But if it, and it's between Excel and Fnatic, fuck it. I'll take Excel to go out. Let's let's ride the uh, Fnatic train. I'll even on Twitter be a Fnatic fan for that that one game if it happens. Because <laughs> I, I agree, I want them through for the sake of the show. There's nothing to talk about with Excel. It's yeah, garbage. I mean, Excel is just they're so they're such a boring team. They're such a fucking boring team. I mean, the thing that I'm scared about. As somebody who wants, like, yeah, I'm somebody who also wants Fnatic to, to go forward for the content, is that EXO gets that mini buff, the new player, the, the honeymoon phase coming in with Abadage. Maybe that's enough to get them, like, over the hump. Oh, yeah, true. Sure, that's not impossible, I guess. The problem but, is, I, though, I'll just throw this out there. I'm just going to say this now in case it prophetically becomes true and it looks epic. 
we're also acting like they have to get better. What if Abidaki is actually worse? What if the team gets even worse when he joins? Like, because he's also a player. If you remember in his bad days, can just pick a mage and do nothing on the game and just farm and do nothing. So we'll see. We'll see on that one. Because that's the problem. People are acting, dude, like Abidaki's leader, and by just dropping him in, he's gonna like pop off and try. It's like <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll see. We'll see. And also, if you saw, like I said, at the end of the themes, Abidaki has reverse pop offs. You know, like he has ones where he just ints the game and shits the bed for you. So I don't know about that one. I think yep. we've done almost everyone there, haven't we? I think that's all the teams. Pretty much. Pretty much. Right, what about this BDS, then? But like BDS is like, they're just BDS. They're, they're, like they're doing well now. You have no confidence in them. No, like, that's the biggest problem. Legit. Let's be real. They're tied for first place right now with four wins. But yeah, that's the issue. Like even though this week they play, let's see, uh, they play Koi, they play Vitality first, then they play Koi, and then the last game they play XL. If they were a real top team, you guarantee two wins there. You don't even know with BDS. BDS is too yeah. up in the air, mate. They, they can lose. The problem with them is they've also got a really low floor, I think. They, they have a low floor. And then the thing I always say about them is that we've coined it the BDS catastrophe. They have one catastrophe per game. And like, I'm not saying like they lose a fight. Like every now and then you see like, oh, that's a fight. It's like zero for one. They have a full on catastrophe. Like we are getting aced for no reason when we have an advantage. Almost every fucking game, they have this 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 happen, and it, that is just too much of, of a flaw to have when you're going against teams that are actually stable. The thing about SK is SK, even though they have bad early games, when they get a control when they get control of the game in the mid game, they just close games out that they should win. G two just wins most games that they should win. Yes. Vitality, like they they when when they have the lead, they just end the game. When but you just don't have that feeling with BDS. You always feel like they can lose. They're the team where, where like they're up 5k gold and you're like, all right, so the game's even could go either way. That's how you feel. Well, I doubt this will be the week we say goodbye to BDS, but this is goodbye from BDLS, period. <laughs>